Okay, so we're sorry, let's talk about some facts from tonight's show that came up. You know, the first one was the rain, and there's a lot of songs about rain. Uh, but Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head is one song that's about raindrops uh, falling on my head. It's by B.J. Thomas. It says it's from the Forrest Gump soundtrack. I always associate it with... Uh, was this a Butch Bush Dancity and the Sundance, Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And also, this is one of the few, like, this is one of, I, I do freestyle a lot of things on my own. And this is one song I like to freestyle. Well, I don't freestyle. I go from raindrops keep falling on my head to, like, one of the first to hit YouTube videos. I think before there was an even YouTube with uh, this guy, Andy. He was a comic. He looked like he was a kid. Uh, uh, Andy Milanakis, Mil- Mil- I think was his name, and he had this uh, really naughty rap. That was real funny. But anyway, raindrops keep falling on my head, uh, and that's just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed did not know that uh, nothing seems to fit. Raindrops are falling on my head. They keep falling. Does Carly Simon sing this one? So I just did me some ta- talking to the sun. And I said I don't like the way he got things done. Sleeping on the job. Those raindrops keep falling on my head. They keep falling. But there's one thing I know. Uh, the blues they send to meet me won't defeat me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me, Khaleesi. Raindrops keep falling on my head. But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me. Dragons don't cry, I guess, uh, because I'm not going to ever stop the rain by complaining because I'm free. Nothing's worrying me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops keep falling on my head. But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me. Because I'm never going to stop the rain by complaining because I'm free. Nothing's worrying me. So this raindrops keep falling on my head. Uh, then there was a moment where everybody, like, uh, who was the first person that said, I choose you? Oh, Vera said that to Khaleesi. And that reminded me of the epic Simpsons episode from early season, which we'll talk about here. Where Lisa gives out, like my memory is that Lisa gives out Valentine's to everybody. I, I'm very much like Ralph Wiggum. So this was very, this episode really reminds me of me. And Lisa gives every kid a Valentine. But of course, I think Ralph only gets one from Lisa. So he falls in love with her because he gets a little affection. And they used to have to be like, at least the, 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 the women in my life knew, they would say, now don't read anything into this. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. I think at least it does say that to Ralph. Uh, but the thing is that to train, and it says, I choose you. Uh, so let's see what Wikipedia says. They called the episode I Love Lisa, 15th episode of the fourth season, 1993, February 11th, so right around Valentine's Day. Lisa gives Ralph a Valentine's Day card because he didn't have any. He reads too much into it and relentlessly pursues Lisa with affection. Uh, Lisa loses her temper and says she never liked him. And then Ralph uh, uh, channels his feelings into his performance of George Washington at the President's Day pageant. Uh, 
and he's able to accept Lisa as a friend. Let's see. This is like, uh, let's see. It says uh, she gives Ralph doesn't get any. Lisa hands him a card out of sympathy. Ralph cheers up and develops her, but it, it doesn't say the card. It said it was a train that said, I choo choose you. Let's read about the production. This was the first episode Frank Mueller wrote for The Simpsons. Previously worked at Gracie Films with Sam Simon, the great Sam Simon. And this was the first season four episode that Wes Archer directed. Jeff Martin and Mueller wrote the music for the pageant. And Michael, Carrion, Michael Carrington stars as Rex, a boy who auditions for George Washington, but Ralph wins. Uh, the story of I Love Lisa originated from a personal episode of Al Jean's life in third grade. He received valentines from a girl that said, I choo choose you. Years later, Jean wondered if the girl had really liked him. And he told Mike Reese about it, and they thought it could be an episode where Lisa gives a valentine to Ralph Wiggum, who takes it too far. Wow, this is funny. At that time, Ralph and Chief Wiggum were not established as being related. Gene thought it'd be funny if Ralph was Wiggum's son. Uh, you just have to read it for yourself. Uh, uh, the technique of staff used to come up with stories and ideas to think, what holiday haven't we done on The Simpsons or done lately? And they liked the idea of doing a Valentine's Day episode. Uh, Monster Mash and Break On Through are featured in the episode, and Strangers in Paradise is in the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. Uh, the fictional character's voice of Droopy Dogs in it. Uh, uh, stuff was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, references of Paul Rubens. Uh, in the original broadcast, it uh, finished 18th in the ratings for the week uh, with a Nielsen rating of 14.9. Highest rated show on Fox that week. And it got a lot of positive reviews. I loved it. Uh, oh, controversy. Uh, when Skinner tells the children's school that Valentine's Day is not a joke uh, because Bart makes fake candy hearts, he had a flashback of which he was uh, of when he was a serving as a veteran, and there's references to Colonel Kurtz in there. Uh, Skinner sees one of his old friends, and they talk about sending uh, Valentine's Days uh, and being a veteran. And, uh, like, uh, how tough it is in the reference to Apocalypse Now. I, I, don't, I guess I don't know the controversy. It's tough to read. Maybe they just didn't like that it was about that. So that's, uh, like, I choose choo I You know what, listeners? I choose choose you. Another pop culture reference that came up for me was in uh, Maester Clyburn pitching the, Cali I mean, uh, uh, Circe. And, uh, the, like, the, it kind of was like this military-industrial complex arms dealers, dealer feel to it. And it reminded this, me of this movie I saw a lot as a kid called Deal of the Century with um, Chevy Chase and Gregory Hines. And I really liked it as a kid when I was in fourth grade. And, it, like, I didn't really hear much about it. It turns out that I guess it wasn't very good except for kids that shouldn't have been watching it. So this is Robert Ebert's Robert Ebert Robert Ebert Roger. So this is Roger Ebert's review of it from February eighth, uh, nineteen November eighth, nineteen eighty three. I just uh, so I'll be quoting and paraphrasing. Uh, this is on RogerEbert.com. 
Hey, Roger, what's up? Uh, hope you like this podcast, but I guess you like, uh, I just about decided there's no such thing as madcap comedy. Tragedy can be random. Slices of life don't have to make a lot of sense, but comedy requires discipline. Unless a comedy is about something, unless it establishes ground rules, there's no way to violate those rules to get laughs. Uh, people running around acting funny look unhappy, awkward, and uncertain. And that's what they look like in Will- William Friedkin's uh, Deal of the Century, a movie that de- depends on inspiration when it should have depended on a script or rules, I guess. Uh, Chevy Chase, Gregory, Hine, Gregory Hines, uh, Wally Shaw, and Sigourney Weaver all star in it. Uh, uh, Chase and Hines are second-rate uh, de- arms dealers who go anywhere to sell their army surplus uh, merchandise. And uh, uh, the plot goes grows fearsomely complicated. Chase and Hines get involved with Sigourney Weaver who's the widow of a competing arms dealer. Uh, they're trying to get, they're in South America, trying to make a big deal with a peacemaker, uh, which is manufactured by a big company, but it's flawed. So they use Chase uh, as a middleman to sell it fast in Central America. And so it's on all episode, no structure, all hijinks, no discipline. Uh, Chevy Chase labors manfully, but once again, he hasn't been asked to play a character. He's been asked to play Chevy Chase. After his disasters, he raises his eyebrow and his famous patented, what can you do like, and we grow a little exasperated. By the evidence, Deal of the Century seems to have had one of two problems. Either it was filmed without a finished script, or it was originally a lot longer. And this version is missing some crucial narrative links. Either way, Movie's a disappointing mess. So that like that's deal of the century. I mean, I remember as a kid, like I liked that madcap style, but I, you know, I was in fourth grade. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. And then here's another um, lyrics, and you, I guess you could see this is go, goes to this Missandei Grey Worm scene because they were saying goodbye to one another. Uh, how do I say goodbye to what we had? The good times that made us last, that made us laugh, outweigh the bad. I thought we'd get to see forever, but forever's gone away. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Uh, I don't know where this road is going to lead. All I know is where we've been through, or where we've been and what we've been through. If we get to see tomorrow... I hope it's worth the wait, because it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And most importantly, and I'll take with me my memories, uh, take with me the memories to be my sunshine after the rain. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And it looks like that was written by uh, Christina Perrin and Frederick Perrin, uh, performed originally by uh, Boys to Men and Cooley High Harmony. And then let's finish up with Pogs, because I didn't even barely know what Pogs were, and maybe people don't know about that, and we'll talk about marbles. This is a Mental Floss article, The Weird History of Pogs, P-O-G-S, by Kate Erbland, from uh, January 3rd, 2014. And I'll be, like, uh, trying to paraphrase. And uh, during the neon-tinged days of the 80s and 90s, slap bracelets hit risk, Game Boys, Trapper Keepers, 
But there was one lo-fi toy. I think this is in the early 90s and not the late 80s uh, that every youngster wanted uh, without realizing that it used to be just milk bottle caps. Uh, you didn't forget that Pogs were originally milk bottle caps, did you? Uh, maybe when you were playing Tetherball, at least they got their start. The game of Menko, the actual gameplay behind Pogs has been attributed to the classic game, Japanese game Menko, which is popular since the Edo period. Uh, it was centered on paper players attempting to flip cards or pieces of their opponent, much like modern Pogs. Uh, the original Menko pieces were the size of milk caps and featured images of Japanese cultural icons like wrestlers and warriors. They weren't made out of cardboard or plastic, though. They were shaped from clay, wood, or ceramics. Uh, and Japanese immigrants brought the game with them to Hawaii in the early 20th, early, early 20th century. Industrious kids started using milk bottle caps as Manko game pieces. And the game of Manko started evolving. Uh, gameplay. Playing Pogs doesn't just involve random throwing and slapping, no matter how it looked at lunchtime. The point of Pog is to flip your opponent's pieces. Most schoolyard battles went, you know, for the Pog, just like it for keeps, like I was saying. Players face off by contributing the same number of Pogs to a stack, all face down. First player aims, shoots, and slaps down the slammer on the stack, and if any Pog that flies out and lands face up, it's their Pog. Repeat, for fun, right? Uh, Pogs, we know, it sprang from a juice that's popular in Hawaii. Uh, pog juice. Pa oh, yeah, passion, orange, and guava. So delicious. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, yeah, so that was, then there's the World Pog Federation. And then Pog became popular uh, across the country and the world as a go to delivery service of images. Uh, and uh, they were banned in schools around, around the world. Uh, but then it burned out by the mid-90s, like a lot of other fads. So that's a little bit about Pogs, and these will be in the show notes if you want to read more. And then Marbles, a spherical toy. This is from Wikipedia, made from glass, uh, clay, steel, plastic, or uh, uh, agate or whatever, agate. Uh, history, they were, they started as balls of stone. They were mentioned in Ovid's poems of uh, Rome. Uh, seen in Egypt and Mesopotamia, in Britain, in the medieval area era, their first marbles were first manufactured in G Germany, maybe in the 1800s. Uh, and then a German glassblower invented marble scissors uh, in 1846, and they moved to they're made in Akron, Ohio, in the U.S. Uh, marble games. Uh, uh, let's see, like uh, you flick the marble, let's see, in Australia, they were played with marbles of different sizes, uh, uh, but they were much the way, ordin I don't know the difference between ordinary and non-ordinary marbles. Uh, owners of large marbles didn't want to lose them because they were playing keepsies. Uh, uh, firing a marble meant a player had to flick their marble from a stationary position in their hand. No part of the hand firing the marble was permitted to be in the front position. This is seriously complicated, but basically you're trying to hit people's marbles, you know, to take them. And then people would collect them. And obviously, uh, marbles made it longer than, uh, but I feel like I've never played a game of marbles, I don't think, in my whole life. Uh, 
Maybe this will be maybe this will be the like the time when marble playing marbles comes back. I mean, it does seem like, except for losing the marbles part, that it could be somewhat relaxing. Maybe. I mean, I like to like uh, we just put marbles in bags and you know plan if we we're like in Home Alone, you know, that if we needed them or the Goonies, uh, we would save marbles for those type situations. And use them to make noises to get on my parents' nerves. Uh, so that's Marbles. That's some of the facts that came up tonight. Thanks uh, for listening. And uh, here's the next part of the show. All right. So we're talking about uh, this episode. And so just run some through some facts that came up. Especially if you're prepping for the SAT, this will be a good one. But first was Varys. Uh, I forgot where he was from. And when he was talking to the Red Priestess, I said, where is that dude from? And ends up he's from Lys, uh, which uh, let me look at a map here and see how far that is from. Uh, I mean, I know he doesn't like magic because uh, he got messed with by a sorcerer. Yeah, so it isn't that far. It's south of Pentos, northwest of Volantis. Uh, so not too far away. So there's just one thing that came up was uh, it's part of the Valerian Freehold. And, uh, yeah, so that's just a little thing about Varys that I said, what in the heck, uh, and I still don't totally understand, uh, what he has against the Red Woman. I guess just magic users in general and over-religious people. Yeah, the next was the word enmity, E-N-M-I-T-Y, great word, hard to say and easily confused, enmity's enmity, yeah, E-N-E-N. M-I-T-Y, it's a noun, and it's a feeling or condition of hostility, ill will, animosity, or antagonism. I think it was enmities. It may have been Sir Sir, uh, Davos that said it. Some synonyms are malice, acrimony, or rancor, and can be confused with amity. 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 Em- enmity and amity, like ebony and ivory. Uh, so there's just a one word that came up. There's another word in a minute. Then the, when they were standing on the cliffs, I don't know any. I know there's listeners in Dover, and I know there's listeners near Dover. But it, like I've heard of the White Cliffs of Dover, I've never been to them. Yeah, but I've heard of their beauty. I've seen pictures of their beauty. And just like some of them about Dragonstone made me think of the White Cliffs of Dover, not comparing apples to apples or anything. But I said, let's find out some facts about the White Cliffs of Dover over on Wikipedia. And they're on the Strait of Dover. Uh, uh, face, or they face the Strait of Dover in France. Uh, they're part of the North Downs Formation. Uh, which can reach up to 350 feet, 110 meters. Uh, and they owe their striking appearance to the composition of chalk uh, and flint. Uh, and they stretch around the coast, along the coastline for eight miles, uh, spreading east and west from the town of Dover in the county of Kent. And it's an ancient and still important English port. Uh, they have great symbolic value because uh, they face towards continental Europe across the north, the narrowest part of the English Channel. And that's where invaders would come, actually. Uh, so they form a symbolic guard. And the National Trust called them an icon of Britain. And before air travel, across the crossing at Dover was the primary route to the continent. Uh, 
so they form the first or last site for British travelers. And uh, also, I guess I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. It's on my list. Uh, but I, I, I don't, so I don't know if it plays a, a role in Dunkirk. Now, geologically, the cliffs were formed at the same time as the Strait of Dover by Ice Age floods. Uh, they're mainly chalk with some uh, uh, cocoliths, uh, pieces of calcium carbonate, uh, single old uh, plankton, uh, planktonic algae. And then sediment, flints and flint and quartz. Now it does continue to weather at the average rate of one centimeter a year, and some stuff does fall into the channel. And there's a lot of birds and stuff on that. But that's the life. White Cliffs of Dover. Uh, you could head over to Kent, you know, to County Kent, uh, and check it out. And uh, you know, it, like do yourself a favor, uh, go see the White Cliffs of Dover. And wear a ribbon in your hair when you do. Now, how about those bushels? That also came up. And I said, uh, what, you know, if a hay penny will do in a pack, is it like, you know, what, how much is in a bushel? And a bushel is an imperial and U.S. customary unit of weight or mass uh, based on an earlier message, measure of dry capacity. So we were talking about the dry capacity. An old bushel was equal to two kennings or four packs or eight gallons. Uh, and it was mostly used for agricultural products such as wheat. So eight gallons of dried wheat. Uh, in modern usage, it's, uh, the volume is nominal with the bushels denoting a mass uh, designed for each commodity differently, you know, because they have different masses, uh, it was an intermediate value between the pound or the ton that was introduced during the Norman Conquest. Uh, and Norman statutes made the London bushel part of the legal measure of English wine, ale, and grains. Uh, and this was like in the 12th to 1300s. It's usually credited to Edward I to the second who defined the London bushel in terms of the larger corn gallon. In either case, the bushel is reckoned to contain 64 pounds or 12 ounces or 20 pence of 32 grains. And then the imperial bushel was established in 1824. Uh, and it would contain 80 Aviro voice pounds of distilled water at 62 degrees or 8 imperial gallons. Now I think a bushel is just... Uh, like we get, a, you think you get a, a farmer's market, but uh, but I don't know. Like I just, it, it's green, I believe, but that's also based on nothing that I know. So that's a bushel. And how about another vocabulary word, students? How about ungent? U n g u e n t, ungent. And it's actually in the Urban Dictionary, correctly defined, but with a weird uh, uh, like thing on there. But I found this mnemonic dictionary, like, because this is a hard word to spell. And it is a beautiful word, ungent, uh, rhymes with pungent, in case you're rapping. And it's a uh, semi-solid preparation, usually containing medicine, applied externally as a remedy or soothing and irritation. Some synonyms, some one of our favorite synonyms, balm, ointment, salve, or unction. Holy conjunction, junction, what's your unction? Who put it on me, man? 
you know, like rub it on my belly like it's guava jelly. Uh, but the mnemonic AIDS for ungent uh, can be rephrased as urgent as in used to say there is an urgent need for ungent. Uh, there is an urgent need for the ointment ungent. Uh, wait, is that a, I don't know what a mnemonic aid is, believe it or not. Uh, here's one, unj, which is body in Hindi, plus bent is injury. Ungent, uh, so you need ointment. Uh, this one says it's easy. Ointment is a ceremony that marks a kid becoming a man, a kid or an ungent. Uh, I don't get that. It says get it, and I don't. Uh, here's some synonyms, otherwise analgesic application. Anyway, I think that was the highest voted mnemonic memory aid for ungent. Uh, it's I have an urgent need for ungent. I guess that is pretty uh, good. Uh, I have, but uh, so that's so that's ungent. Uh, my definition was not pungent. And let's cap it off with a couple uh, like uh, poetic versions of songs here. This one reminded me of Sir Jorah saying, God, get right back to my baby, like Vivian Green used to sing. Uh, I think he was looking at the window at the sun, and he was saying, What you did to me this morning had me late for work, I'm stressing. Miss my meeting, all I'm thinking about is you, 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 Khaleesi. And now I'm looking at the clock, counting the hours till I'm back in your arms. Wish I'd never let you go. Time can't move fast enough until I get right back to my Khaleesi. Get right back to my Khaleesi. Get right back to my Khaleesi. Get right back to, ooh. Uh, Stuck in transit, off daydreaming. I miss you. There's so many reasons. Most of all, I really want to lay with you and just to feel your touch, Bay. And now I'm looking at the clock, counting the hours till I'm back in your arms. Wish I'd never let you go. And then again, like, got to get back to my Khaleesi. Khaleesi, I'm addicted to every single part of you, but I swear this addiction is healthy. That's definitely next to something Sir Jorah would say. That un, you know, if someone says that to you, it means they're undateable for you. Uh, serve me up another dose and babe, get ready, babe, I got to go. Oh, oh, wish I had never let you go. Oh, 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 got to get back to my Khaleesi. And then capping it off is a song that the Khaleesi was talking about, Faith in Herself. Uh, and that reminded me of a great song written by a great, like a performer written by a great man, used to be part of a great team. Uh, but, but I don't know who Khaleesi would be singing this to. Maybe just to her dragons, like as they're crossing the sea in like a metaphorical way. Yeah, but here it goes about faith. Uh, well, I guess it would be nice if I could touch your body. Because I know not everybody's got a body like you, dra- dra- you know, like dragon. But I got to think twice before I throw my heart away. Because I know all the dragon games you play because I play them too. Oh, but I need some time off from that emotion. Time to pick my heart up off the floor. Oh, and that love comes down without devotion. Well, it takes a strong man, baby. But in this case, it's a friggin' Khaleesi to kick in the patriarchy. Because I'm showing that the door. Because you got to have faith. And in Khaleesi, I've got to have faith. Uh, 
but there's weird stuff going on, but I still got to have faith to faith to faith. Uh, Khaleesi, I know you're asking me to stay. This is what Sir Jorah actually said. Stay, say, please, please, please don't go away. Uh, say I'm giving you the stone cold blues, uh, uh, Khaleesi, but I know you mean every word you say, but I can't think of yesterday. And another who tied me down to lover boy rules, uh, like the other dude, Khaleesi, who was played by two actors. And then Shajoro goes on, before this river becomes an ocean, before you throw my heart back on the floor, oh, Khaleesi, I reconsider my foolish notion when I need someone to hold me, but I wait for something more. Yes, I got to have faith in my Khaleesi. Got to have faith. Uh, I just got to wait uh, because I got to have faith. Uh, before this river becomes an ocean, before you throw my heart back on the floor, oh, baby, I reconsider my foolish notion. Well, I need someone to hold me, but while I wait for something more, you got to have faith in your Khaleesi's. Uh, all right, let's keep the show going. Okay, so a couple of things came out of this episode. The first was the Golden Company. And according to Game of Thrones Wiki, uh, uh, Golden Company which was a sellsword company active in Essos. And here's the important thing. 10,000 trained soldiers during the War of the Five Kings. Uh, and they have a reputation of never breaking a contract, which is uncommon among mercenary organizations. Uh, in Season 4, Davos had suggested to Stannis that they, they hire them uh, to help win the Iron Throne, uh, but Stannis refused, believing swords unfit to join his army. Uh, Davos said it was uh, hypocritical, you know, that he'd use magic, but he won't uh, pay men to fight. And it was also in season four, Jorah said, hey, you can't hang out with Dario. He's a sellsword, even though she was like, you were in the Golden Company uh, before joining my brother. I guess in the books, uh, like uh, the Golden Company was founded 100 years before the War of the Five Kings by Bittersteel, uh, one of the bastard sons of Aegon Targaryen after he fled Westeros uh, during the Black Fire Rebellion or Fire Rebellion. Uh, uh, when Aegor worked with the second sons, he saw the exiled lords and knights uh, signing out with other companies and saw the support of the House of Blackfriar, Fry, Fry, at fire ebbing away. He created his own sellsword company. Uh, that way, the Blackfriars could remain some of their core fighting force uh, in dealing with the Targaryens. Uh, their motto, our word, our word is as good as gold, uh, while their battle cry is beneath the gold, the bitter steel. So this is just a little bit about the Golden Company. Now, how about Mark Gatiss or Gattis, G-A-T-I-S-S? He's the English actor who plays the Bravos Bank, Chicho Nestoris. But he was also mentioned in my favorite podcast, or one of my favorite podcast script notes, Things Interesting to Screenwriters. Things about screen, screen, something screenwriting and things interesting to screenwriters with uh, uh, John August and Craig Mazin. And Craig has been talking about how much he loves the TV show Sherlock or how much he was enjoying it. Uh, 
or particular aspects of it. And he was, I think he was talking about it. Uh, now my mind, of course, is blank, but uh, he brought up Mark Gaddis and uh, also works on a League of Gentlemen, a Doctor Who was in Taboo, the, uh, um, which also had Jonathan Price in it. And, uh, like, it, the funny thing was, I was like, where did I hear about Mark Gaddis being the uh, banker from Bravos? Did I hear an interview with him? And then I kept looking, and then I said, oh, it's on script notes. Uh, now, how about that quote, uh, that, the full quote that Brian was interrupted on uh, with uh, um, uh, Baelish? Uh, what do we have once we abandon the lie? Chaos, a, a pit waiting to swallow us all. Chaos is a pit, isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. Men who try to climb it fail and never get to try again. The fall, you know, makes them tired. And some are given a chance to climb, but they refuse. They cling to the realm or the gods or love, illusions. Only the ladder is real. The climb is all there is. Uh, it says, like, uh, chaos is a ladder. Yeah, when Bran was kind of toying, I guess, with uh, with Baelish. And then I only had one more thing, which was, uh, like, uh, Bran says to uh, Dickon, what did they teach you at that at fancy lad school? And it brought up two things. One is there's actually a skateboard, like, uh, I found this article on Vice about a fancy lad uh, skateboarding. It's by uh, Chris Nirotako uh, from October 1st, 2015. So I don't know. I don't watch a lot of TV, so I don't uh, know what happened. But it said, Fancy Land is still the best thing in skateboarding, and that won't change. Uh, uh, they'd interviewed uh, Nick Big Murray about Fancy Lad, his ragtag crew of merry-wheeled pranksters. And uh, they were talking about how the France Fancy Lad boys were all the rage. And they sound really cool. They're from Boston, Beantown. And it sounded like they were working on an adult swim comedy uh, who asked Big and the boys if they could capture lightning in a box and bring their humor for a one-off special, which was called Video History, uh, which I was going to check out. Uh, so I'll link to that in the show notes. And that might be worth something looking into deeper, the Fancy Lads. But then I wondered, is there Fancy Lads schools and where would we go? And I found a few different options. Uh, it, like, you know, go from uh, like worst to, to best, maybe. No offense to anything. Uh, this first site's called The Etiquette Factory, which, again, if, you, if you're looking for etiquette... Uh, uh, like, I guess it would be etiquette for the masses, which, uh, maybe that's a good thing. And this kind of seems like, uh, it's the leader in eti etiquette, education, etiquette for kids, etiquette for schools. It's finally here, mom and dad. It's for you. 52 week journey through all the skills ch children want their parents to have raising a generation of ladies and gentlemen. And you can sign up for free etiquette lessons, uh, which I really tempted to just go on a swearing tirade to be kind of. Uh, etiquette camp. You could become an etiquette instructor and learn how to teach manners. Maybe I could sign up for that. Uh, and uh, what is the etiquette factory? It's a manners company dedicated to changing the world one child at a time. Uh, what are manners and why? Because teaching manners is more important than which fork to use. 
Etiquette Factory has manners lessons from basic etiquette to specific etiquette, uh, being polite, proper behavior for kids, table etiquette, integrity, and much more. So that's your entry. Like, that's, I guess, etiquette for plebs. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh, and then let's, like, work our way up uh, two more levels of etiquette, like uh, fancy lads and ladies' schools, fancy schools. Uh, so that would be what, that's your entry level. Uh, sounds like you could probably get your school district to pay for it. Uh, this one's called miningmanners.com, and it's International Etiquette and Protocol, Finishing School, and Savoie or something, uh, where you can learn decorum, elegance, societal savoir, savoir faire, a cosmopolitan view on the world, and, and uh, uniquely distinguish you in all that you do. A return to traditional values has placed the word etiquette back in our vocabulary. For some, the idea for <laughs> social niceties. Improper protocol maybe seem prim and old-fashioned for the past fast-paced world we live in, or on slow, boring podcasts. Uh, but forward thinkers, I guess that's uh, globally sophisticated, and not me. Uh, know that good manners. I mean, being kind stands out. Uh, I just don't like manner enforcement. Is my thing. Minding manners is Europe's uh, leading internationally certified etiquette consultancy. Yeah, bringing you first-hand experience to help you become poised and polished here and around the world. Of course, I don't think you can find pricing on any of this, uh, but I can tell you what, it's probably not going to be cheap. Uh, what about children's etiquette over at Minding Manners? Give a, a, a special child in your life a gift that will last a lifetime. So here's for all the fancy ladies and lads in your life, uh, and, you know, lads beyond the binary. Uh, everyone needs etiquette. Uh, uh, participate in the future by handling social, scholastic, and professional situations with grace and ease. Our goal is to give your child the necessary building blocks for a solid future through poise, confidence, integrity, and leadership. So these aren't bad things. Uh, like I, you know, it just uh, like I'm I'm dead inside, so I got to make fun of something. But this is probably like there's probably even more. Obviously, the ones that are really for the like uh, you could they don't have websites. Uh, but this one looks pretty good. The Etiquette School of New York. Uh, welcome. The Etiquette is a school of New York and Manhattan. So if they can afford Manhattan rents, it's already a good sign that they're fancy. I think I should probably just do this as a sitcom. Fancy lad school. Uh, your social source for social and business etiquette and international protocol. And they have a YouTube video on there. Social etiquette, would you like to develop the confidence and polish your social graces that help you achieve your professional and personal goals? Oh, they have a one. How about any reporters that listen to this? Uh, one day social success makeover. Finishing school for adults is for you. Uh, the Etiquette School of New York was founded. Uh, it's helpful us the ideals of proper etiquette, good manners, and civil behavior. Offers a comprehensive program of business and social etiquette training, international protocol seminars. Uh, we conduct our life-changing confidence-building invaluable training programs for corporations and universities. So that's actual fancy. That sounds like the fanciest we're going to get without, like, a referral. You know, like, it doesn't sound like this one has any, like, uh, like, you know, gilded stuff. But it sounds like a return. How about a return to the gilded age? Uh, 
Gilded, does gilded, is gilded double meaning, or uh, how about a uh, return to just the gilda's age? Uh, the gilded, gilda Radner school for fancy lads. That would be the school I'd want to go to. Uh, and if I, you know, when I go into the next life, maybe I'll get in. Uh, thanks. Uh, and let's keep the show going. Okay. So we'll talk about some of the facts that came up in this episode. Uh, yeah, the opening scene reminded me of this Neil Young song, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, and it goes a little something like this. Uh, old man lying by the side of the road with the lorries rolling by. Blue moon sinking from the weight of the load as the buildings scrape the sky. Cold wind ripping down the alley at dawn. In the morning paper flies. Uh, something man lying and by the side of the road with the daylight in his eyes. Uh, don't let it bring you down. It's only castles burning. Find someone who's turning and you will come around. A blind man running through the light of the night with an answer in his hand. Come on down to the river of sight and you can really understand. Red lights flashing through the window in the rain. Can you hear the sirens moan? White cane lying in a gutter in the lane if you're walking home alone. Uh, don't let it bring you down. It's only castles burning. Uh, just find someone who's turning and you will come around. So it's just like a Neil Young song I love and... uh it, uh, the actual, it's, it, you know, it means something different, but, uh, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. Uh, then we had, you know, Bran was on snow patrol with the Ravens. Then we had real snow patrol at the end. And then I said, isn't there, wasn't there a rapper uh, who did a song informer was in that snow patrol and ends up no. So let's get some clarification on some of these different, uh, famous, uh, there's three famous, uh, snows. Yeah, first off is the rapper or musician Snow, according to uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Darren Kenneth O'Brien, a uh, Canadian reggae artist who is known for his 92 sing single Informer, which is a song I sing to myself sometimes, every once in a while, un incorrectly. And he was born in Toronto. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, you know, he's had, so he's had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, uh, he, I guess he, uh, DJ Marvin Prince, uh, he met and, uh, he, uh, also some legal disputes, uh, with Marvin Prince and he's been an international success since uh, the 1990s, uh, collaborated with Cindy Lauper even. So, uh, yeah, so that's snow, uh, from informer now snow patrol on the other hand is a northern Irish Scottish rock band. Uh, Gary Lightbody, Nathan Conley, Paul Wilson, Johnny Quinn, uh, Johnny McDade, and they're an indie rock band uh, that rose to prominence in the mid-2000s as part of the Britpop movement. Yeah, they met at the University of Dundee, and, uh, yeah, you guys know Britpop, Britpop, uh, and uh, hit single Chasing Cars, that was their hit single. And not a lot of other good facts that I have about them. Now, what about uh, Snow Job? I mean, that's a saying, but this is a G.I. Joe character. 
And this was a G.I. Joe character my brother got for Christmas, and I was kind of upset about it. Uh, he's the snow-based G.I. Joe character. And there's some good facts. A fictional character. Oh, boy, it's fictional. Snow Job from G.I. Joe toy line. Uh, he's the original Arctic Trooper. His real name, Harlan W. Moore. He's a Staff Sergeant E-6, was born in West Rutland, Vermont. Uh, major Olympic biathlon. It's crazy. I have more facts about him. Yeah, but he was an Olympic biathlon contender who enlisted for special training and support privileges the Army gives to Olympic champions. It's been suggested he got his nickname from being a con artist, uh, uh, that more than his military specialty and the Arctic Ski Patrol. Yeah, unlike some of the envi- other environmental specialists on the G.I. Joe team, uh, Snowjob doesn't thrive on the cold, but he accepts the chilly environments. Uh, that are the best place to show his incredible skills. Uh, he can ski down a, sleep, uh, a steep slope. Uh, he's a marksman. And uh, no one wants to be on the receiving end of one of Snow Job's scams. I guess, like, oh, that's a Snow Job, like a con job. Uh, and he's a hazed new recruits, uh, but never outrageous. Uh, just a way to keep his teammates perceptive and aware. So that's a Snow Job. Yeah, my brother Carl got him for Christmas. I wanted him. I think I got Snake Eyes, who was actually cooler. And uh, the dude that came with the dog, dog guy or something. Pitbull or something, but uh, I, I like I used my brother's snow job to um, uh, recreate uh, scenes from A View to a Kill when I was in like sixth grade, which I shouldn't have been still playing with toys. Apparently, that's uh, how you get into the friend zone. That's uh, one sign you'll be in the friend zone later in life. Uh, proven, proven by my imagination. The longer you play with toys, but who's laughing now? Uh, <laughs> okay, let's let's do another song. I think Dolly Parton probably sings my favorite uh, version, but it was written by uh, Jackie DeShannon, Jimmy Holiday, and Randy Myers. And this is a song we could use. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it was like, oh, making the world a better place. Like it comes up a few times in this episode. Put a little love in your heart. Think of your fellow person. Uh, lend them a helping hand. Put a little love in your heart. Uh, rewritten by Scoots. Uh, you see it's getting late. Oh, please don't hesitate. Put a little love in your heart. And the world will be a better place. And the world will be a better place for you and me. You just wait and see. Another day goes by and still the children cry. Put a little love in your hearts. If you want the world to know. We won't let hatred grow. Put a little love in your hearts. And the world will be a better place. And the world will be a better place for you and me. You just wait and see. Uh, Take a good look around. And if you're looking down, put a little love in your hearts. And I hope when you decide, kindness will be your guide. Put a little love in your hearts. And the world will be a better place. And the world will be a better place for you and me. You just wait and see. Put a little love in your heart each and every day. Put a little love in your heart. There's got to be a better way. Put a little love in your heart. Uh, 
Don't you think it's time we start, Dolly? You're right, to put a little love in our hearts. And the last thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I thought there was one more thing, but uh, moral equivalence. There was a, I, I, I was thinking that maybe Tyrion and Varys were practicing moral equivalence, but then I said, Scoots, do you know what moral equivalence is? I said, well, that's great, a great question, Scoots. Uh, let's look it up. Uh, this is over at the Logic Place, uh, over at yandu.wordpress.com, uh, from August 13th, 2015. Uh, by, uh, it's referencing Gene Kirkpatrick, but I don't see a, uh, an author, so it's just, uh, I guess the author would be Logical Place. Uh, moral equivalence is a form of equival- equivocation used in political debates, drawing comparisons between different even unrelated things to make a point that one is just as bad as the other or one is just as good as the other. Uh, Drawing a moral equivalence in this way is an informal fallacy and a special case of false equivalence. Uh, Quoting still, a common manifestation of this fallacy is a claim often made for ideological, ideological motives that both sides are equally to blame. Uh, for a conflict. And historical studies show that this is rarely the case. Uh, conflicts are usually started by one side uh, with or without provocation from the other side. And uh, an early popularizer of this expression was Gene Kirkpatrick, ambassador of the United Nations during the Reagan administration, uh, who wrote uh, The Myth of Moral Equivalence in 1986. Uh, so that's that's interesting, and uh, maybe they were because they were kind of say, well, I, I don't know. I think it's maybe a little bit different than that, uh, but not too much different. And uh, with that, uh, I think the last thing was glowering, which I looked up, uh, but it didn't uh, show up in the notes here. But you know, it's basically what I do all the time. It's for, uh, feud face. Uh, glowering is a feud face. Uh, so, but it, I I wanted to share because in the Google, if you Google it, it shows that it, like it was peak in like uh, the early 1900s. Its usage. Uh, all right, uh, uh, let's keep the show going. All right, so we really have a lot to cover this week in facts. Let's start with Thoros Amir. Uh, we covered this a few seasons back, but uh, Red Priest to the Lord of Light, noted warrior. Uh, fought in the Greyjoy Rebellion, born in the free city of Mir in Essos. Uh, his father gave him up to the local temple, the Lord of Light. That's how he became a red priest, so he's gluttonous and lustful. And uh, he, then he was tasked uh, to turn uh, Robert Baratheon away from the Seven and convert him to the Lord of Light. And he was part of the court, and uh, like he was actually partied with King Robert. I guess I didn't know this. Uh, and he was famous for using a sword coated with wildfire. And then he fought with Baratheon in the Greyjoy Rebellion. Uh, Jorah was behind him when during the Siege of Pike. Uh, and I think it's all we really need to know about him, like his backstory. He's just cool. I mean, that's what we know. And then just as we check in, uh, Beric Dondarrion, uh, he was a Lord of Blackhaven, head of house Dondarrion, you know, sent out to get Gregor Clegane in the Riverlands. Uh, 
And then he like brought all these deserters together as a brotherhood without banners. Or, yeah, brotherhood without banners. Uh, he was a vassal house to the House Berhathian. And he enjoyed being a knight, taking part in tournaments. Uh, and he was just visiting King's Landing when, like, uh, like he said, when... Uh, so he must have learned the uh, flaming sword thing from uh, Thoros. Now, whinge, uh, we kind of know it means to complain. What was interesting is if you looked up in the Google Dictionary, its usage kind of took off in uh, somewhere between 1950 and 2010. I, I can't get any closer, uh, uh, but uh, it looks like around 1970, 1980, it, it like literally exploded its usage. Uh, it looks like it's a, a Germanic or, or, or worm word. Uh, act of complaining is the noun whinge. Uh, the verb whinge, uh, complain persistently in a peevish or irritating way. And just a lovely sounding word, whinge. Uh, and then like uh, they spent a lot of time on seeming glaciers. And I found this unbelievable article by Bethan Davies from uh, 2014 on AntarcticaGlaciers.org. And uh, this is really great stuff. Uh, common misperceptions about glaciers. Nothing lives on glaciers. These are misperceptions. Uh, they may appear uh, lifeless, but they're biological hotspots. Uh, they're dusty. And the dust is rich with uh, microbial, you know, with biomes. Uh, uh, so that's one thing. Glaciers are white. We know that from this episode. Not true. Uh, they can be white, blue, gray, green, dirty. Uh, glacier ice is often blue, uh, but it could be tinted by algae uh, or uh, rocks may fall on the surface, making it appear black or dark brown. Uh, glaciers that are neither advancing nor receding are stationary. And like uh, a glacier may be, the snout of the glacier may be stationary, but the ice isn't. Uh, The top of the glacier is not getting thicker. Uh, The bottom of the glacier is not disappearing. There's a transfer of mass from the top to the bottom. Or it could advance, you know, something, I don't know. Retreating glaciers flow backwards. a glacier is a pile of ice and will always flow downwards during gravity. If more ice melts at the snout, it replenished by a snowfall. The glacier may recede, but it's still flowing downwards. They say don't just avoid the word retreat. Uh, icebergs, ice shelves, sea ice, and sea level rise. There's often confusion about all these icy features. Uh, icebergs are a bit of a glacier that's fallen off, uh, called calving. Uh, most of the, uh, oblate loss of ice is, uh, by iceberg calving. Icebergs are made of fresh water and make, uh, great ice cubes, by the way. Uh, but icebergs are already floating. So when they melt, they don't uh, create a sea level rise. However, if tidewater glacier starts to calve more icebergs, uh, uh, from the ground to, to the ocean, that will cause sea level rise. Uh, uh, glaciers are so it's worth it if you if you ever had any gla- you know glaciation glacial you know there's a lot more good uh, 
misconceptions in there. There's also an article about dirty ice uh, included. Uh, how about pointing? This is from uh, Slate.com. Uh, Point of Etiquette by Troy Patterson, uh, the gentleman scholar at Slate. Is it appropriate to point at people? I was brought up to believe, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Troy says, it tickles me that a Yahoo uh, uh, would have something. Is it polite to point? Uh, he says, it is not polite to point. For confirmation, uh, just look at any reference book on language. Uh, the rule dates the primitive days when pointing was considered to administer bad luck uh, and was conspicuous uh, to risk attracting the attention of a stranger who might give you the old uh, old eye. Uh, nonverbal stigmatization. So don't point, I guess. Uh, that's why, like Disney, they do, they point with their whole hand or whatever, their elbow or something, the workers. Another thing they really found, like this, the sound is just so good in, in the, not just the, the sound effects, but the dialogue. There's an awesome interview with uh, Game of Thrones sound editor uh, from 2615 by Jacob Hall in his interview with Tim Kimmel, the sound editor. And it covers uh, how sound is created, the te- like all the people that have to, like all the different types of sound, you know, all the work that goes into it, uh, like in action sequences, this is older, so like a hard home, wind machines, crowds, uh, you know, usually they have an excellent group of onset mixers who focus on getting clean, well-recorded dialogue. But, I mean, that dialogue, like, sounded so good. Uh, but sometimes they will record it, and uh, it's called ADR, Automated Dialogue Replacements. If you ever want to know about some of the work, just check out that article. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, then there was, like, the the uh, Arrowhead uh, mountain. It made me, I never have been to the big island, Hawaii. But I know Diamond Head is there, which is a volcanic tuff cone on the Hawaiian island. Oh, it's on Oahu. Is that the big island? I don't know. And uh, because the shape of a, a ridgeline represents the shape of a tuna's dorsal fin. It's a, it's part of the system of cones, vents, and uh, stuff uh, known as a Honolulu Volcanic Series. And I think it's like a good place to surf, like in the view of Diamond Head. Uh, it's a def- yeah, defining feature of the view known to residents and tourists of Waikiki. I read this great book, Barbarian Days, about surfing. It's a surf memoir. Uh, really, really a rich travel memoir in addition to surfing. I don't surf, but wonderful if you like travel writing, you know, mixed with kind of like a, a memoir about, uh, you know, life. Uh, Really, uh, William Finnegan, who's an editor at the New Yorker, wrote it. I read it last year, but uh, I don't know. I don't think he surfed at Diamond Waikiki, but maybe occasionally. I'm trying to remember now. But yeah, great, great, great book. Um, you know, another thing that came up was like ruthlessness, both this episode and the last one. That wonderful word ruthless came up. You know, there's a movie that I don't think I've seen called Ruthless People. Uh, with two of my favorite people in it, Danny DeVito and Bette Midler. So I want to see what Roger Ebert said about that. Uh, 
1986, uh, he wrote, It's hard to play a lovable villain, and Danny DeVito does it so easily. His eyes narrow, his voice deepens, and he speaks with earnest and sincerity about his selfish schemes and vile de- designs. Uh, Ruthless People opens with uh, Danny DeVito, uh, up to no good, and even up to less good. I'm just, I just don't want to spoil it. Uh, uh, Danny DeVito is the mainspring of Ruthless People, an engine of intensity, like uh, he's the engine of intensity. His passion is so palpable, it adds weight to all the other performances in the movie. And uh, it's a pleasure to watch his face uh, as everything starts to go on. Like, sounds a bit like um movie with the dude, uh, uh, Big Lebowski a little bit. Also has Judge Ryan, you know, Bette Midler, Judge Reinhold, Helen Slater. How did I miss this movie? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'll have to check it out. Bill Pullman. Uh, but DeVito really carries the movie, so uh, uh, that's another movie to check out, uh, The Ruthless People from the 80s. And that's it. Thanks uh, for listening. Well, that's it for the facts. Uh, and now on to uh, Tom and Pounce. All right, so we're going to start off tonight with the facts from last week, from Episode 7. And what we're going to start is, like I said, where do they film this? Where where'd they film Dragonstone? Because, man, did, like, I love those uh, those ridges. And, like, it it just was a beautiful place. And so our friends over at Pop Sugar, you know, I got a couple of friends that work over there. What's up? Yeah, this article came out August 11th, uh, 2017. Andrea Rear uh, talks about that uh, Game of Thrones, you know, Danny. Daenerys Targaryen, you heard of her? Uh, she's our Khaleesi, by the way. She returned to her ancestral home of Dragonstone, Seaside Castle, down by the seaside. But where was this place? Well, the beaches where Danny's fortress forces land uh, is Rune Beach in Zumia in Mur, Mur, holy mackerel, Muriola Beach uh, near Baraka, Barica, Barica. Both of them, whatever proper pronunciations are, you know, here's a pretty place. It's the northern coast of Spain. I'd like to be there uh, 60 miles apart. I would be just chilling. It will now be like playing on those ridges, too. And there were some exterior shots. This makes sense. Downhill Strand in the county of Derry in Ireland. And you can go on a, a Game of Thrones filming tour when you visit Belfast, Ireland. Uh, so those are the beaches, northern Spain, yeah, some of the, you know, those hilly shots, uh, County Derry, uh, and then the winding staircase that Jon Snow and Davos go up, uh, where Davos does his own mansplaining. Uh, that's on a islet, uh, islet bonita, in my opinion, uh, called Gaztel Ug Axe, Castle Rock, uh, in the Bay of Biscay in northern Spain. So get to northern Spain. Now, there's no castle. That's CGI. But there is a small church, San Juan, uh, the name of the island, uh, dedicated to John the Baptist. So check it out. You know, like, seriously, if you're going to be touring, why not get some Game of Thrones touring in, uh, while you're there? And I don't know if any—probably uh, the cast doesn't need to go on these tours, but, you know, if any of the cast did— um, Want me to interpret for them anywhere? I do it. 
Uh, so, so, so I wanted to talk, I was going to talk a little about the movie, movie in the album Quadrophenia and, and that talks a little bit about the mod, uh, the whole mod era in, in London, but you know, what brings it up for me is Alfie Allen who plays uh, Thoros and he, he doesn't play Thoros of Mir, I don't know why Theon Greyjoy. I don't know what it is. I like, like Theon's a tough character and I really identify with Theon. And I think it must be an incredibly difficult role for an actor to play. But there's just something about the look of Alfie Allen that says to me 70, like, like I know the uh, Quadrophenia in the 50s. It's, maybe the movie came out in the 70s, though. But there's just, a, he has a real, like in a good way, a 70s, uh, mo- like movies, like moody movies set in England feel to me. Like when I think of him, and I'm not kidding, the word mod just pops in my head the whole time. Mod. I see, I see, like after I say, oh boy, Theon, like then I have to like uh, kind of detach myself to Theon. So they say, okay, it's just an actor. Theon's not real, Drew. So it's not like, like, uh, like don't let your internal critic, you know, grasp onto it for the future, you know. And they say, well, Jesus, he, he's very mod. Is he mod? And then. So that's why I was thinking about it. Well, let's start off with a uh, movie review. And I don't have a, yeah, like a Ro- Ro- Roger Ebert uh, review, but I do have one from the New York Times. Uh, November 2nd, 1979, Janet Maslin uh, uh, does a rock drama from a Who album, Mods and Rockers. And I'll link to it, but uh, like, the, like the article says, the results of my informal ser- survey about Quadrophenia have been tabula- tabulated. And most moviegoers think this is either a concert film or a rock opera, or that the title refers to a quadraphonic soundtrack. Not true. It's a dramatic film, gritty, ragged, and sometimes quite beautiful. It happens to rec- incorporate rock songs and be saddled with a silly title. Though it's not a movie for everyone, Quadrophenia is something very special. It demands and deserves some special allowances. Uh, uh, it's set in England in 1964, populated by mods and rockers, bands of teenagers who speak with thick accents, and it might be hard for Americans uh, to, to, to totally in- to decipher all that, and that's why it hadn't traveled well. But its foreignness has a perverse advantages, hoping to, helping to recast situations that might be commonplace in American end of adolescence movie, and making them remote enough to just just remote enough to seem fresh. Uh, Frank Rodham, the director, lends the film a clarity of emotion that keeps it becoming from becoming too confusing. Uh, the story is very very loosely derived from an album by The Who, which was an ambitious undertaking about a teenage boy, Jimmy, who's so acutely sensitive to social pressures, he developed a four-way schizophrenia of the title. Uh, Jimmy's condition was illustrated rather than described by four separate melodies, uh, one associated with each member of the Who, that eventually merged into one transcendent theme. Uh, The specific ending of the album called for Jimmy, you know, I don't want to spoil it, uh, like, let's see, but Quadrophenia, as directed and co-written by Mr. Rodham, is perhaps a little bit too raw to have com- culminated with a pie-in-the-sky ending. Uh, Jimmy, played by uh, avid-looking Phil Daniels, is a cheerful, unexceptional fellow, by no means a who's a hypersensitive hero. 
So there's a lot more. I, I just don't want to get into uh, the, the specifics to, to, to ruin it. But that's a review of Quadrophenia. So I guess this will get into the specifics by reading about it. It's a British drama film, uh, 79, based on the 73 album by The Who. And unlike the adaptation of Tommy, Quadrophenia is not a musical film, and the band is not in the film. Stars Phil Daniels as a 60s London-based mod who escapes from his long dead-end job as a mailroom boy uh, by getting, uh, you know, partying hard and riding a scooter, uh, dealing with the motorcycle rockers, and the trouble in Brighton, the seaside town of Brighton, and uh, then his discovers uh, his uh, idol Ace Face is a bellboy at a, a stings in it. So there you go. There's another reason to see it. And so yeah, so like I don't know, maybe like I don't think they should redo that movie, but Alfie Allen should be on their. Uh, if you're doing any '70s style movies, you get this dude. I mean, the dude that like he's a talented, talented actor. I think everybody knows that. And he was in a movie. uh with Keanu Reeves, but he kind of played a Theon-esque character in that movie a little bit, uh, like a like a little bit jerkier version of Theon. Another question that came up for me, this will be the last fact of this episode, um, was when uh, we had all, like at the beginning, when we had all the uh, Unsullied standing there, I said, is that a legion? Like how many, how many people are in a legion? What are those uh, like rectangles of soldiers called? Is that a legion? You may think the whole group would be a legion because I looked up Roman legion on Wikipedia. It was the largest, so the largest unit of the Roman army. So it might have been a legion of unsullied. 3,000 men in early times to 1,500 in imperial times, uh, consisting of centuries as the basic units. Uh, until the middle of the first century, 10 cohorts was about 5,000 men that made it. So Roman legion. Then it was nine cohorts. And the first cohort was double strength. Uh, Legion may have met the entire army early on, but uh, they don't have proof of that. Uh, but it, I think there's 8,000 unsullied or 7,000. So that's pretty close to a region. Uh, by the third century, the Legion was a much smaller unit of 1,000 to 1,500 men. What was the smaller? Armies consisted of auxiliaries. Uh, Overview of typical organization and street because legions were not permanent units until the Marian reforms of 107 BC. A legion consisted of several cohorts uh, and legionnaires, uh, and a unit of could be auxiliaries. So, this doesn't really help me like answer that. Uh, oh, here's a uh, legions were composed of the following units: cavalry, cal, 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 cavalry, uh, light infantry. Is that light infantry or are they heavy infantry? You think they're light infantry? So I don't know. There, there was a group of like there was all those rectangles. So, so I don't I guess they're not like a legions. I guess you could say that was a legion, the whole group. But was they cohorts? I thought a cohort was like a work thing where. It wasn't, you weren't in real trouble, but it, like, they're like, oh, you should be in a cohort so other people can advise you because your decision making's not so hot. Yeah, but, that, but again, that could ju just be me. Centurion, that's, uh, I'm still looking for answers here. Uh, these are just like the special duties. How much did they get paid? Uh, 
uh, legionnaires got 225 denarii a year, which was, uh, who knows how much that was, uh, uh, discipline. We don't need to know that. Uh, so anyway, they, I guess that was, uh, we auxiliary. Let's see. No, no, I forgot cohort. I don't see. Anyway, that's a little fact. And let's talk about season seven now or the whole season. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're you ready, Batman. Okay, well, I have to introduce... Okay, I know you're excited, Tom, and... Oh, yes, I'm so excited, Budman. And it's been a long time since you've been on the show, I think. I mean, I won't know until this is aired, but uh, I want to introduce everybody to you. And you don't trust me to introduce myself. I, I realize that. Uh, but I won't be myself. I'll be a figure. So Pounce and I... Are going to take okay. We'll do all the radio stuff. It, it, like I just wanted people to know because uh, it's been a year since you've had a regular uh, thing on the show. Oh, and why is that? Were you saying it was because R. Oh, Martin took so long? What was the HBO? You said they didn't darn that HBO. Why isn't the show ten episodes and sooner? Don't you complain about that once? Okay, thanks, Simon. But so. Hey, everybody's here in this segment. This is a regular segment we have on Game of Thrones episodes. And it's with, I guess if you're a Game of Thrones listener, you'll know that you'll be familiar with these characters. Uh, Sir Tom and, and uh, Sir Pounce, uh, Prince Tom and King Tom. And the details of how I can make a podcast with Prince Tom and, and uh, Sir Pounce may or may, like during the older episodes. Uh, so you may or may not hear that, but... Uh, it's an honor to have them. Holy mackerel, is it an honor. And uh, if you don't listen, watch Game of Thrones, you, you, you're, you're, and you're listening, like, uh, that's great. Uh, uh, Tommen was once the king of Westeros, I think, or of, uh, and then he became, then he came to change his name to Mikey and came to live with my neighbor. But since this is Game of Thrones, he's still going to go by Tommen. He doesn't watch the show, just in case anybody asks, uh, because uh, that would be terribly confusing uh, to for him. Uh, but, yeah, he lives now under the name Mikey. Also, it's just too confusing, but he, he likes to have an old-time-style radio show with him and Sir Pounce, uh, Sir Pounce and him. And I guess with all that, I'll turn it over to uh, Tom and Pounce. Well, hello, everyone. This is uh, Mikey, uh, Mikey, uh, the, Mikey, Mikey, sir. Uh, the general manager of uh, K-Pounce Radio, and I want to introduce you to a new segment uh, that we've, you know, due to cost-cutting measures, and because I watched uh, the Star Trek TNG, and I fell in love with this, uh, not in that kind of love, uh, I fell in love with this character. Also, oh, let me, uh, a boy, and oh, and also the pod boy, he makes this podcast, he... Sometimes he is can be nice, and he told me when he was a boy like me, but he said I was he was ten years younger than me. But anyway, not important that part. He would sit in his room and record himself making commercials, uh, radio commercials, and so we here at Cape Ounce Radio decided to create the golden age of. Uh, Radio commercials after I met uh, Berlinghoff. He'll be a character, though. That's who I'll be playing. In case, also, I'm Sir Tommen, playing uh, and pretending to be the general manager of K-Pounce Radio. I bet you didn't know this. Sir Pounce, they didn't know that. Hey, Swain. 
Yes, it is. I am fine. I am a good at radioing. In casting the pod, if you're consuming this by pod, uh, well, you may be confusing. So next week I won't explain this to you, and I don't want to have to pike any of you. So make sure you, uh, so without further ado, uh, I'm going to, intro- you know, I'm going to do my radio announcer, pod- pod- podcaster, podboy does it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, this afternoon's broadcast of, uh, the cat that ate the canary is now interrupted, uh, for a, a break from our sponsors. Well, thank you, thank you, Ted. Uh, I'm, uh, this is Professor Berlinghofer Rasmussen here, and I'm here with my partner, uh, Gene. Say hello, everyone. Say hello to everyone, Gene. Hey, Swain. Yes, and we're here uh, today to offer, we have a special offer for all the listeners of K-Pounce Radio. Now, I don't know how many of you are familiar with me, but I am a great uh, professor with a time machine. And I cross uh, both time and space looking for the best deals for the listeners of K-Pounce Radio. And also, we also look behind things and look for for things uh with large margins, so we can make the most, you know, because we know the listeners at Cape Ounce Radio have the highest of standards. And I was recently on a journey across time and space into the dumpster land, east, the east, the blue bin, it was called this planet. It had a moon, maybe it was the moon, the blue bin moon. And I was there with Gene, my cat, my best friend, and my partner. And we had landed on the planet. And I had a feeling in my heart, a feeling of woe. And I could sense it was back on Earth. Uh, and I remembered all the sad Earth people I'd seen, especially the pod boy, walking in the rain and getting wet. And I had heard, you know, especially from letters I receive here at Cape Ounce Radio, uh, that, you know, people are saying, oh, when it rains, I get wet, and the only thing I have is an umbrella. And then I'm always losing my umbrellas, and even the pod boy, who I consider the main, he represents the market of buffoons out there. Now, I know most Cape Ounce listeners aren't buffoons. But maybe you could relate to this thing. He researched a reverse umbrella that wouldn't solve getting lost. But he said, what do you think of this, Tom? And, uh, do you think this really works? I said, ho, ho, ho. I have to travel to the Blue Blind, Blue Blind Planet uh, in search of answers. And I'll return when I have one for this rain and this wetness. And I will save Earth from this problem for a price, though. A low, low price of only nineteen ninety nine, and also uh, fr- 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 friskies. Okay, one can of frisk nineteen ninety nine plus one can of friskies. Right, sir pounds. Yes, sir. All me, all me, and meow mix. Uh, uh, deluxe. Uh, right, uh, live with liver only. Liver. Uh, uh, you could send that directly to me. It's prepaid, and we have here. Now, let me get back to the story part of this sale. For the problem is you're all wet, or you have an umbrella, you lose it, or the wind breaks it, or you forget to bring it. But I was on this blue blind planet, and I, I met these creatures, and they were flat, and they were folded up, and uh, 
I said, what are you doing hiding behind and within the planet? Some of them lived in the planet's core. Some of them hid behind the planet. They were flat. And I said, what what do they call your people? I've never seen a... They said, we are the corrugators. And I said, ooh, the corrugators. Oh, so pleasure to meet you. And I said, what do you do exactly? And they said, well, nothing anymore. Once... We held great things. We were vessels of delivery of gifts and wonder. But we've been cast aside. And they said, what a self. You always sound like a planet that needs to be saved. And they said, oh, if only we had a hero that cared about us. And and then Gene was uh, sniffing them and scratching. And I said, Gene, do you like to scratch at these corrugators? And they said, oh... It feels so good to be needed and not to be cycled. For in our world, when you're no longer loved, you get cycled. And I said, this will not stand. Before my mother, she she was like a, a lot of this comes from my mother. Because she, she would have just, she tried to cycle me, you know. And I said, no, I, oh, this is what I've, the work I've been doing is Mikey. Oh, yes, yes, thank you for licking my hand, Jean. Also, Gene is my best friend, Sapounce, really, just in case you don't know that. And I said to these corrugated people, I will bring you back to Earth. And I will find a purpose for you so grand, for I've seen the Earth people. And I know they are plagued at times by these umbrellas. And the, I know... I could sell you, I said, because I could take you from here for free. You're desperate, right? And they said, we are. And so, Earth people, that day was born the day your solution to all your rain problems came. Not an umbrella, not a, uh, or something, a rain slicker, but something flat, something foldable, and something that you could talk to, that comes from a planet from outer space, a corrugator. It's flat, it's foldable, and we also have deluxe ones, which have uh, another thing from another planet called Duktop, from a great another planet, the Duktop uh, Silver. It it makes it even more water-resistant. And you can also get it with it this today only if you purchase uh, with the Friskies in the 1999. I will send you not one, but two personal corrugator rain protectors with uh, their own twine, which you can then use to create a backpack. Uh, I do not have the instructions, but... Uh, you could figure it out. You just poke a hole, you make a knot, and then you could wear it on your back. Because the pod man said, would I, I'm going to carry this board around. And I said, it's not a board. It's a human. It's a, just like a human from the Blue Bin Planet. And so you send your orders today. And if you want the deluxe model with the Duke Top on there, you just uh, throw in an extra $50. And you send it directly to... Uh, uh, K-Pounce Radio, care of Sir Pounce, uh, the Friskies or the Meow Mix, only liver, otherwise we'll return it. It was COD. Uh, uh, yes, that's, I'm serious. This is, I'm a serious businessman now, Mikey, K-Pounce Radio. 
you have the chance for, for Professor Berlinghofer. I've, I've, it is not, this is not an earthbound thing. Uh, it's a one-time only deal, too. Otherwise, the price will go up uh, in a two-for-one deal. Also, there is a shipping and handling charge, and it's pending. So depending on how many orders I get, it is how much I will charge for shipping and handling. But here at Cape Ounce Radio, not only that, it will come with a story to tell your friends. The story you've just heard, because at Cape Ounce Radio, story means sales. I think it, Ray told me to say something like that. Uh, professional. I'm a professional broadcaster. But story means sales. Uh, and this is the life I was meant to live, I believe, as Professor Berlinghofer and a radio man, not as that boy in the... With my mother, she was so confused. But now I have a life here, and it's mostly good. Though I do miss her sometimes, because she smelled like lavender. Oh, and my brother, my sister, it is. So it also feels good. The other thing about the the corrugator is you could rub it, and and it does, and you can tap it. You can make music, which you could regale your friends. And they say, what is this miracle object you have protecting you from the rain? And you say, this is not of this planet. It is from planet Bluebin, Professor Berlinghofer, the world-famous one who Jean-Luc Picard wanted. One day I'll tell you the tale of how I escaped from Jean-Luc Picard. And though I don't have access to that period of time, they've time-locked me or something, I will be raising funds uh, to be untime-locked. That is part of my business here. Also, uh, Berlinghofer's Vengeance will be a book I'm working on. Sir Pounce and I, that's something. Or, oh, yeah, or audio drama podcast. Uh, so get your orders in today. Don't wait till your friends... Uh, uh, corrugation is what's for it's what's for everybody when it rains. Uh, thank you, Professor Berlinghoff and uh, my uh, Gene, my side Mason. Why not? That's right. Don't miss a chance to avoid the rain. This is Professor Berlinghoff. Uh, it's, it's really me and Sir Pounce. So Tom and hey, hey, that was my first one. I don't know if you liked it. Uh, I was pretending to be Professor Rasmussen Berlinghoff. He was on TNG. I love that show. I love sitting some I, I asked Podman if I could sit in his lap. He said I was too big. But I do snuggle against him. <laughs> and so pounce, and then the Podman's allergic to cats, so he sneezes and we laugh. Uh, and I say, oh, do you have a one in woes? And he says, I do. I got to take some Benadryl. But I love it. Berlinghofer. He has the same hair as the Podman. It is funny. And he, the bad man said he is also Max Edrum. So that is it for today. Thank you for joining us here on Cape Pounce Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, this is Sir Tommen signing off. Uh, good day. Okay, okay, bad man, are you ready? Are you ready with your script? Yeah, I think I'm ready, Tommen. Okay, so I'll do the Cape Pounce, then you do the new intro, and then Sir Pounce and I will take it from there. Okay, great. Uh, thank you for joining the adventures of Tom and Pounce in Windflow. 
And now, for your afternoon on K-Pouts Radio, a brand new show, only in its second episode, K-Pouts Radio is proud to present Everyday Solutions with uh, Berlinghofer and Friends. Uh, oh, oh, thank you, everybody. This is uh, uh, Rasmussen Berlinghofer, uh, the professor, Professor Rasmussen Berlinghofer. And today I have, I'm lucky enough to have uh, one of the world's leading scientists, uh, Dr. Uh, Pawprint uh, here. He, he's also a friend of Harold who has a podcast called Pawprint. Podman told me to say that. Uh, oh, but Dr. Pawprint, could you say hello to everyone? Hello. Oh, Dr. Pawprint, you sounded just like you said hello. And you have the cutest wet nose, you do. Uh, also, it's so pounds in case anybody doesn't know. This is doctor. He's and he has dressed like a doctor. Also, Bowsbuns. Well, yes. Oh, thank you, doctor. Thanks you for reminding me why you're here. Now, here on Everyday Solutions, as you may or may not know. Also, I'm Tom. It's me. It's Sir Tom and, and pretending to be Rasmussen Berlinghofer. Uh, this is so fun. This is like an infomercial. They say. Okay. Oh, thanks, Dean. Uh, yes, this is Rasmussen Berlinghoff. I was just explaining. Sorry, I was interrupted by one of the stagehands. Now, I, you may know me from my famous journeys across time and space, where I try to return to your time with everyday solutions. Un- I think, hold excuse me one second, Dean. Badman, I thought, why is everyday solutions is not what we came up with? That just doesn't sound exciting. Okay. Uh, how about unbelievable sol- solutions to everyday problems? Okay. Okay, yes, Dave, thanks, Dean. Sorry about that, folks. We just had a out- satellite outage. Uh, also, the wolf- you know who else is? So there's, a- there's a man on TV called Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer. I laughed at that. I said, Mother would not. She would have him on a pike. She'd say, Wolf Blitzer. Who is that? Oh, my mother. Anyway, thanks, Dean. Uh, yes, uh, so this is, uh, again, another episode of uh, amazing solutions to everyday problems from other worlds, from the future, actually. And we've been talking here, Dr. Dr. Popper and I, Dr. Ma'am. And we have found, is in my study of the future in the past has come, uh, that many people are in need of something Every single day, and every day, they they use it in an most inconvenient way. Whether they have to strain to open up a bottle which is made from plastics, or they have to turn on a faucet and wait for it to fill up, or they're in another room and they have to go all the way to a room where they can get water. And I know how people like to drink water, or they use it, or you need it. You need water. Mother used to tell me, uh, well, she, anyway, it's not important, but that, uh, it's in, in this age, it is too inconvenient for a regular modern person to have to go in another room to get water, or to have water in some sort of container. Who knows what was in that container before you washed it or after you washed it? And who knows this glass? Oh, 
Who knows? Do, do you know what glass is made from? It's made from sand. Isn't that right, Doctor? You told me that. Ransom, man. Yeah, it's made from sand, just like the doctor said. This is Dr. Pawprint here talking. Doctor, could you talk to the audience about some of the dangers of uh, uh, sand and, and glass uh, and drinking from those type of vessels? Right, who knows if you could have, uh, it could be old sand. You're so right, doctor. But no more do you have to worry about these things because uh, when I was traveling the, the uh, worlds beyond... Uh, this was after that Picard who tried to, uh, I figured out a solution. He thought he was going to have his way. But oh no, Professor Berling, Rasmussen Berlinghofer will not be stopped. And so after traveling the worlds and observing how universes and universes of many different creatures ingest their water or their, their universe is liquid, I've come up with a solution, and, and you know, I, I couldn't come up with it on my own. Despite all of those things, I had to talk to Dr. Pawprint about it. And one day, in a world called the Backyard, I was there exploring in the tall green grasses of this plain. And I was with the doctor here, and I said, Doctor, we have to find a solution for these earth people in the water. And the doctor was on the prowl. I think, Doctor, were you you were looking for a solution? Mouse, a man, a mouse. Oh, you said it, yes, right by the house you did find what we've come to call the personal uh, water shooter. And what this personal water shooter is going to do is deliver water at any moment, at any time you need it. And now I don't know if those of you now I've been watching and learning about your world, you know, because I come from across time and space as uh, Professor Rasmussen Berlinghofer. I don't know if you know the old West when uh, cowboys would wear lassos around the belts. Well, this water thing, it, not only that, it's green, a nice soothing color, and green means good. Right, Doctor? Amazing, red and green. Right, it's green because it means good. And you coil it, and you wear it at your waist, uh, just uh, just like you would if you were a cowboy with a lasso. And at the end of it is a nozzle with a squeeze thing. And all you will do is squeeze it, and water will come out. Now, you will have to hook it up to your local water uh, spout and have the spout on. Uh, but this is it. This is the ultimate in modern convenience. You could be in another room, and you could take your... Uh, what do we call the water lasso, uh, Doctor? And you've wrangled your water, and you just spray it right in your mouth. Uh, now, you will have to make sure uh, to adjust for your the, the speed your mouth can handle. Now, let's say your feet, you say, well, I would, now, we can't be responsible for what the water does after you use it. You understand those things. You know, the doctor and I can't plan for all of events. Right, Doctor? My friend. But this device is going to change our lives, and we do it now. We have a special offer today. We'll include the nozzle. We'll include the squeezer. And we'll include, uh... Doctor, should we give only 10 feet? Meh. Uh, doctor, 20 feet? Meh. Uh, 30 feet. How about 30 feet, Doctor? Meh. 
Forty feet, uh, Doctor. I don't think we could. We could. I don't think we could handle those margins. Man, how about forty feet uh, for forty dollars? How's that sound, Doctor? Man, oh boy, Doctor, you drive a hard bargain. This is an unheard of device. It's new, though similar to other devices. Don't forget, but this is a water lasso. And you're saying we can't even sell it for forty feet for forty dollars, ma'am. Okay, Doctor. Well, I've just been authorized by Dean uh, that it, this is unprecedented, and only this offer only will last till the end of this broadcast, which will be repeated in ad infinitum. Anyway, it'll only be good for a short time. We are going to give you forty feet of personal water lasso for nineteen ninety five plus shipping and handling. Ma'am. What, you want more, Doctor? Uh, Dean, this doctor's driving us out of business. What should I... No, Dean, we cannot do that. We cannot offer that much convenience for that lower price. What would the people do? They would just have water whenever they need it. Uh, if there's two people in the home or they have two rooms. Well, Dean, I don't know if I could really do that. Uh, well, Dean's given me authorization, ladies and gentlemen. Well, like I said, I was thinking that 40 feet for $40 would be fair. The doctor here was saying 40 feet for $20 was not even fair. How about this, ladies and gentlemen? Two, two nozzles, uh, two squeezes, and two personal water lassos of 40. No, no, no. Oh, Dean, you, doctor, you're going to like this. Two 50-foot water lassos. For nineteen ninety-five plus shipping and handling, Dean, uh, Dean, we, I don't think we can swing that. Oh, at the ninety-nine cent store, really? Okay, well, I guess we can. Uh, well, d Doctor, how do you feel about that? A uh, hundred feet of water, you know, two different water lassos for nineteen ninety-five plus shipping and handling, plus the podman will have to ship and handle it for free. Uh, doctor, does that sound like a deal you could get behind? Wow! Wow! Oh, yes, yes, it is a wow. So act now, get a hold of me, Berlinghofer Rasmussen, at Berlinghofer Rasmussen, you know, the secret link, that's the other thing, you've got to know how to get there. It's uh, 100 feet of personal water lassos for 1995. Uh, good, the oh, good day, thank you, that was great, we made a deal. So Bounce, that was unbelievable, you really drove a hard bargain, that was, uh, Padman, can we go to the 99 cents store now? Have any orders come in yet, Podman? What do you mean it's not released? Podman, have you been thinking about my mother again? You're flushed. Oh, you're, you're upset because... Well, we have to go to the 99 cent store and get some hoses, please. So we're ready for the orders. What do you mean it's imaginary? No, 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 this is a business, Podman. You'll have to talk to Ray. Okay, thanks. Oh... All right, everybody, K-Pounce Radio signing off. Uh, K-Pounce, the radio station for boys and their best friends that are cats. K-Pounce. Okay, okay, Padman, is, is ro are we rolling? Yeah, we're rolling. We're ro we're live. Okay, are you ready? Because this is going to be a good one. Uh, I'm ready. So, Pounce, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Padman, we're ready. You go, go take it from the top. Okay, oh, you actually, Tommy, you go first. Oh, that's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, welcome to another, welcome to K-Pounce Radio, the radio of cats and boys and best friendship at K-Pounce. The radio 
where cats and friend, cats and boys are best friends. We now uh, interrupt this episode of uh, the afternoon show with uh, like uh, pr- pr- promotions. Uh, take okay, Padman, go. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, welcome to the Super Happy Fun Solution Show with Tom and M. Pounce. Uh, I know you had character names, but I forgot. I'm sorry, Tom. Oh, it's okay. I forgot mine. I think I was Craig, maybe. Okay, go, Podman. If you've got a problem, they've got a solution. Let me turn it over to Craig. Oh, thanks, Tommy. It's me, Craig. I'm here with your solutions, and I'm here with my partner, uh, Al. Uh, Al, say hello. Meow. Al, I notice you have four legs where most people are walking around on two. Have you ever noticed that? Meow, meow. Now, Al, I've got a question for you, and it's a bit of a conundrum. What do you think is more efficient, walking on two legs or walking on four? Meow, meow, meow. Right, you don't even know. Uh, well, I bet you there's a lot of people out there in our audience. Hello, audience. I'm uh, your, your host, Craig, and I'm here with so many solutions for your everyday lives. And today I've heard from so many people, cats and boys who are best friends. Those are, that's our main audience here on uh, K-Pounce Radio. But also mothers and fathers I see in the audience there, and sisters and cousins and, and friends, all friends of cats, I think, and just people who like K-Pounce Radio for all the other wonderful things we bring you. And how about it, before we get to the prod, today's product, how about that Tom and Pounce? What heroes? Who would have known you could build an entire radio station with uh, content based on just a boy and his cat best friend? Wow. But even they uh, suffer from the inefficiencies of walking to and fro. And I know some inventors and humans have said, well, let's solve this with some wheels. Uh, many times back in time, uh, they said, well, we'll get a wheel, we'll get, make it from stone, and then we'll look at it. We'll put a hole in it, too, and then we'll take a picture of ourselves uh, sitting there with the wheel made of stone. And if, if as time will roll on, you know, they made cars and they made bikes and they made things. But they never totally solved the issue. Because I'll tell you something. What do you have to do with a car? you got to get in it, right? you got to do a bunch of things. you got to keep it going. you got to keep it running. But the first thing you got to do is frigging open the door and sit inside. And then there's... What is that, what is that Al? Yeah, and, 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 yeah, you could get car sick. A bike, you got to sit on it. And it Al, what does a bike do to you when you sit with a tail? Meow, meow. Right, no good. And, oh, did you say the seat smell? Oh, no, I don't want to talk about the seat smelling. And so we here at K-Pounce Radio, we hired the greatest team of scientists to look at another solution that you might say, Craig, we already know about that. It's wheels on your feet. We call it roller skates or roller blades. And I would say to you, if that was really a solution, why aren't you wearing them right now? Because they don't work right. Correct. Thank you, Al. Now, you're going to see my friend Al here, my best friend. Al, go ahead and walk around in front of the studio audience. Oh, now Al's walking on four feet where you walk on two. Now, how many people have used these skating things and taking a tumble or something? You see everybody, right? 
Now look at Al here. Al has four feet, and Al is closer to the ground. So we, with our team of scientists, said, well, what if we could take the easiness of having wheels on your feet and the difficulty of standing upright for boys like me sometimes and, you know, falling, but also say, well, sometimes your legs get tired. Oh, so tired. I can't believe they even make me. I asked them, like the famous singers, I said, carry me into the studio. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I also miss my mother. That's when I feel like that. I don't feel like walking. I say, where is my mother? But anyway, thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Al. Thanks for, thanks for licking my hand. That helped me. So we said, what if uh, we took the wheels on your feet and added wheels to your hands? Then if you get tired, you just go on all fours. So if you fall down, you don't because these wheels have shocks. Or they will once we, like, this is our first model. It is just, and now you say, look, now look at me here. I'm putting them on my hands. Those are gloves with a roller skate attached. That's what you're saying, sir, but you're incorrect. These are hand wheels. They go on your hands, just like these wheels would go on my feet. Now, I would demonstrate, but I am in a professional presenter position. So I just want you to imagine no longer having to get in and out of your car. No longer having to get on a bike, uh, no longer just gliding through your life. Uh, and then when you get tired, you say, well, I'll go on all fours. And let me tell you a few other things. You've heard of this yoga. Can you imagine doing yoga while you're doing chores? You say, well, I'm going to the market. I'm going to be doing some yoga on the way, downward dog the whole way, maybe a little child's pose, and I'll still be moving. No, never before in the history of yoga or, you know, people has this been done. And now you can do it while you're doing your regular run-of-the-mill things. Also, it's good exercise, they say. That's why it's so tiring. And you never have to worry about slipping because you have your hands and you can wheel. Also, uh, now before we get to the price here, let me just ask you a question. Do you ever have back aches or leg aches or arm aches? Or you're in your life and you're with someone and they say, I'd like you to rub my back. Well, with wheel hands, you could rub the back right away and it feels so good. I mean, who would spend $1,000 for a massage when you could do it for free? So here's what we're talking about today. No longer getting in and out of a car with gasoline or electricity. Uh, no longer riding a bike and it bothering your tail or, you know, having, you know, with cat, you know, cat smell or, you know, walking. Oh, walking. Who invented that thing? So mundane. And did everybody say, oh, like, did anybody ever say, wish they could just glide right by? Well, now you can. You can also experience the joy and freedom of movement, like a ballerina of yoga, of massage, of oneness with the earth. And you can use your hands so you could, you know, if you slip or if you get tired. Now, how much would you pay for such a convenience? Would you pay, uh, how much, was, was, Al, what's the latest cost on an automobile? $30,000, Al says. And Al, if you were going to buy a bike, uh, like which only has two wheels, uh, would that be half the price of an automobile? Man, 
I'm sorry, thousand. Okay, thousand dollars around. Okay, whoa, boy. And those tires go flat too, right, Al? They don't just—they're not hard like the ones on the handle wheels and feet wheels. Man, I'm right. Minimum, 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 maximum trouble. Exactly. So now your problems are solved. Oh, and we uh, here, we said to the, you know, we're here at the Berlinghofer Institute, which I forgot to tell you at the beginning because I was distracted because some people don't read the scripts that I wrote with crayon for them. Uh, but yes, uh, we here have patented so many things. We will. Uh, all your modern problems are going to be solved. How much would you pay for such a thing? Uh, L, how much would you pay? Yeah, 200. Well, Al, I think that's just too expensive. Uh, Marty, could we do it for $100? Well, Marty's shaking their head and no. Oh, Marty, well, how many, how many wheels do we have in total? We have six wheels on each feet, that's 12. And four and each hand is eight, that's 20 wheels. Marty. I've got a crazy idea. What about not a hundred dollars? What about a dollar a wheel? And then we take off a penny. Nineteen ninety nine, Marty. How does that sound? Marty's flipping out, folks. Marty can't believe it. And I'll tell you what, Marty. I'm not even willing to stop there because uh, with this beta model that has never been tested before, I think people would want their loved ones testing this out with them. So I think for 1995, we won't give you uh, 20 wheels. That's two, one for your left hand, one for your right hand, one for your left foot, one for your right foot. We'll give you two of each. Uh, so that's two sets of hand wheels, two pair, and two pair of hand foot feet, uh, foot wheels. Uh, uh, so you'll have it for you and your loved one to test out. Also, we, when you order, be sure uh, to... Uh, there's a release. That's an important thing Marty told me not to forget. Uh, liability release for use of these things uh, because it's coming in at the low, low price of, you know, that would be, so you're getting, four, Marty, is it 40 wheels for twenty less than $20? Holy cow. Also, there is a data collection unit, so it does need to be connected to your home Wi-Fi so we could collect some data. With via microphone and video camera, uh, for my new ch also I'm coming out with a new channel, uh, Skate Goofs. It's a new show about uh, skating gone wrong. Uh, it'll be premiering on Cape Pounds Television this fall. Skate Goofs. Uh, be sure to sign that release. Uh, so that's right. That offer's only good when you can hear this advertisement or afterwards or before it somehow. That's uh, four pa four two sets, two full sets of uh, the most convenient way to move through the world for 1995, plus shipping and handling, a charge to be decided at a later date, plus full uh, uh, exemption from any liabilities, and possibly uh, an uncompensated appearance on skate goofs. Stave skate goofs, I'm sorry. Ma thanks, Marty. Uh, thanks to ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the bias. It's been my pleasure sharing with you solutions to the modern world. Your friend, uh, Al. Thanks, Al. Meow. And I'm Craig, and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, cool, Podman. Uh, thanks for listening to Cape Outs Radio. Uh, we now return you to regularly scheduled programming, which is, uh, 
Concluded for the day, K-Pounce. Uh, best friends, boys, and cats everywhere. Oh, Podman, that was... That, like, the, do you think I could really do skate goose? Skate goofs, I think it is, Tom, and goofs, uh, skate goose. Oh, what about skate goose? We'll put a goose on a skate. Uh, no, Tom, that's not allowed around. You could probably do that in Westeros when you were a king, but not here. It's not a... Oh, you, you and your morals, oh boy. But if they sign the release, we could film them for skate goofs and we don't have to do anything. Yeah, but th- th- luckily this is just imaginary, so this was just playtime. But yeah, if if it was... Ru- oh, you mean we aren't going to make skate goofs? I was thinking you could be the star of it, Podman. We'll get you some skates and we'll let you just work your magic. Okay, let's try. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Tom and Pat. Okay, goodbye, everyone. I'm so Tom and really, I was in, I was in roll with Sapounce. Good night. Okay, Podman. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, K Pounce listeners, we now inter- interrupt your specially, uh, we specially interrupt your special shows, uh, for this message from K Pounce Radio and the team at K Pounce Radio. Remember, you're listening to K-Pounce, the radio of cats and boys that are best friends everywhere. Oh, Padman, and, and boys and girls and cats and friends beyond the binary, please, Padman, remember that. Uh, jeepers creepers, thanks, though. Thanks. I'm, this is uh, Professor Berlinghofer, Isringhauser, whatever. I don't have my name, Padman. Okay, Tommy, just go. Well, how am I supposed to remember my name? Just get in the character. Okay, let's take a breath. Okay, you're you're Professor Berlinghofer. Isringhausen Berlinghofer's great uh, for now. Maybe that, and if we get it wrong, we'll just. Okay, yeah, but get on the mic. Okay, hello. This is Erlinghauser Berlinghofer, a professor from you. You may remember me as a guy that get get a. Uh, temporarily displaced by uh, Jean-Luc Picard, inventor, a genius, and I'm here with my best friend and partner in uh, business and life, Gene. Uh, Gene, say hello. Man. Thanks, Gene. And we here working with uh, K-Pounce Radio, uh, trying to find solutions for these modern times you people live in. And Gene and I have been, you know, I've traveled the universe and also traveled to your towns and villages and, and said to myself, uh, I've heard many people, now many hucksters and oil salesmen and things, and they say, oh, well, this is a solution uh, for being healthy. They call it, You call it exercise. I call it a, a waste. Uh, when, someone, when someone could carry you or a spaceship or as I to travel time and space, just waiting the day that I'll teach Jean-Luc Picard a lesson uh, for thinking he got the upper hand on me and sending my spaceship back. Uh, when it, when my book comes out, uh, like uh, Berlinghoffer's, uh, I don't have the second half of the title yet because uh, someone can't even give me a script with my name on it. Uh, but hello, I'm uh, also this is Prince Tom, and hello everybody. I'm again pretending. I'm doing my best, pretending a character. Uh, but you know the Podman's difficult to work with, and that's not Gene. That's about, about say hello to our friends. Yes, man. 
That's right, Sapons. I missed you all, but I like being a character too. So this is Berlinghofer, Ber- Ber- Isringhausen Berlinghofer. And I want to say to all you, do you spend money with exercise or do you avoid exercise? Because we here at the Berlinghofer Institute and K-Pounce Radio have a VIP. Now, only if you consider yourself a VIP. Do you think you could, if if you had had, uh, like, uh, the opportunities that I did to be royal, that's like almost a VIP. I don't know if you consider yourself a VIP, but we're looking for a few VIPs who are tired of the, the, the mundane plebeian ways of exercising, of lifting weights that you purchase or going. I mean, who would go to a place? Oh, goodness. But you could come to our place. Now, here at Cape Outs Radio, you have to come in. This is a real exercise program, supervised and scientifically brought to you from both the future and the past. And it's an exercise program. We've been we've been long at work because it's so the shipping and the handling. I didn't realize. Uh, anyway, we've developed a, a stringent exercise program. You will come. You will. You will. It is like a camp too. Also, like the summer camp in uh, the Munsters. No, no. Uh, well, Adam's Family movie. I think I. I think I, I have a crush on. Uh, Oh, sorry, Batman saying stick to the script that's barely legible. But we have, we have, oh, this is special, this just in. Gene, did you, Gene, what did the, what did the engineering room just say? Answered man, 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 Oh, yes, this is a very temporary deal. Limited to only, not only VIPs, but people that only can act now. And you'll go to our special, uh, you know, the special uh, exclusive location. Uh, cash in hand, but prepay. Before you get here, you need to prepay before you arrive, actually. So no ca- cash in hand, unless you drop it off, leave, and then come back. And you might say to yourself, uh, how much is, is it worth looking good, uh, feeling good, exercising? What if all my exercise problems could be gone forever? And I could feel like a VIP. Also, you'll in a summer camp where you'll be bunking, drinking water, and maybe eating some things we provide for you. It's occasionally. If, if, if no, 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 I don't want them to have my pop tarts, Podman. But we here at the Burling Hoffer Institute have a good, have the, the short news is if you can sign up today, you'll get access to our exercise program. It's the handling uh, in the shipping uh, uh, exercise program. Very exclusive, very effective. Instead of weights, you'll be lifting, because they say uh, in ex- exercise circles that I run in, you might hear about all these silly things, you know, dancing. How how often do you dance? Uh, but how often do you have to lift a bag? That's called functional strength, believe it or not. Uh, right, Gene? May I ask, man? Yeah, or a cat that's eaten too much without my permission. If you need to lift those things, like you're a human being doing doing stuff, a human doing being, this may be the exercise program for you, but only if you consider yourself also a VIP. Is that enough of the VIP, Podman? Do you think I got him? Okay, keep going. 
Yes, yeah, so we've developed a special. You'll be here working, working out, not not working, working out, uh, and uh, until we get you ship shape, we'll, we'll be doing a special thing. We have uh, filling orders. We call it. Uh, we have uh, tape, taping, taping. Oh boy, that is. You know, the Karate Kid did did things just like this, and see how it worked for him. So proof is in the pudding. You won't have any pudding, but you will be putting things into boxes. Crumbling newspapers. Have you ever seen the forearms of someone that crumbles newspapers four hours a day? Because my, I have been doing it for eight. And I've never looked better. I've never felt better. And I want to give you the opportunity. But again, only if you consider yourself almost royal. You'll join our special uh, special packaging packing packing stuff for exercise program, and not only that. Now you also have to ask yourself: Are you a VIP, or are you a member of the VIP VIP program? Because when you go to check out uh, at a website, you'll have to choose one of those two things. If you're regular VIP, you'll just be working out. And you'll receive orders from exclusive orders from Gene and I. But if if you join our VIP VIP program, you'll also be acknowledged by Gene and I during the orders by name, by a special nickname we give you. If you're wearing your name tag, shouting. Now I don't know how many of you saw the original Willy Wonka, but I've seen it five thousand times and I love it every minute. But uh. I'll be like the guy when everyone was unpacking the candy. You'll be packing the candy. That's how we've set it up, this exercise program. And when there's orders uh, for, for the other products we sell here at uh, Berlinghofer Enterprises. And so uh, that's it. You, you, but, you know, decide. You, do you want to spend, uh, now how much is your health worth? Forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 Well, for the low, low price of $1,000, we'll get you in shape. For the low, low price, uh, oh, Gene, wait a second, that can't be right. Oh, Gene's saying the water-free program, if you bring your own water, it's only going to be $999. And if you want to be acknowledged by Gene and I, it's only $2,000. Oh, boy, Gene, you're kidding me, $1,999. And that's a week, every week. Uh, also, uh... Non-option. When you can you first you'll have to sign all the papers before you come, and you will need a, because one is for a power of attorney. So make sure those are signed and notarized. Uh, the, the 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 control room's telling me, uh, Gene, you look like you're in great shape. Have you been doing any of this? Meow. Yeah, no, you have not. You've been licking boxes and smelling them and hiding in them. Just being around our exercise program, you look great, Gene. And I feel great, but I need some help. There's many paper cuts. Also, paper cut. We'll we'll be treating you in how to treat paper cuts, uh, because you'll probably get a few. And so that's it. Uh, you can help Cape Bounce Radio. All of this goes to Cape Bounce mission of uh, boys who are best friends with cats, and a candy, a special candy fund that Sapounce has embezzled into his belly. And so that's it. I'm happy to return you to. So make sure to sign up if you care about being being a VIP and exercise. It'll be life changing, and especially change all my life because it's too much work with all the other orders coming in. 
Please, please, do this. Uh, Jean, do you have anything to say before we go? Amen. Right, get in here and get it done. That's what you're going to be doing. And you could call me uh, uh, King Tommen, because that's what I'll be going by when I'm telling you what to do. And getting you shipshape. Uh, this is uh, Professor Islinghoff of Berlinghouse, uh, signing off without a script with his real name on it. Thank you, Podman. And that's it for get, no, come on, get on the mic. Uh, we now return you to regular scheduled program on Cape Ounce Radio, the radio best boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary, best friends with cats, and cats, uh, Cape Ounce Radio. Oh, thank you. That's good. You do, you, you fixed it. Yeah, good thing you didn't say dogs because no, right, Gene? No dogs. You can have a dog. Cape Ounce Radio. Get, get your own radio for dogs. Goodbye. Okay, okay, Batman. Are you ready? I'm ready, Tommen. Okay, it's your turn. Then go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time to introduce inter interrupt your regularly scheduled programming here on Cape Ounce Radio for the Solutions Show. Uh, uh, paid pro pay not paid programming, but similar. But, uh, uh, Cape Outs Radio, the radio best friends and boys and cats everywhere. Best friendship and Cape Outs Radio, they go together. Okay, thanks, Gene. Uh, oh, no, Gene, you're Gene, right, Sipounce? Ram. Yes, I'm here with Gene. Thanks, thanks, guy. Uh, the announcer. My, I'm uh, Berlinghofer, uh, Rasmussen Berlinghofer, a famous uh, time-traveling scientist. And I'm here with the Solutions Show, with everyday solutions, to, solutions to your everyday problems. And I'm here with my best friend and the greatest uh, pitch man in this side of anywhere, uh, Gene. Gene, say hello. Rain, rain. Yes, if it rains, we solved that weeks ago, right, Gene? All rain was solved. And Gene, today we're on the tr trail of something the opposite of rain, actually. You're, you're brilliant, Gene. How did you think of that, Sapounce? Ain't I? Oh, you just, you improved it. Oh, boy. Because we're working on something that's the opposite of rain. And it's something some of the people may deny. And maybe they deny because they're forgetful. Or maybe because of, uh, you know, the, like the, under the spell of someone like my mother. Uh, but anyway, it is the sun, old Solus, we used to call him back in the day. And uh, you, you know, you, you know, the sun's rays uh, on fair skin or any skin is not good. They, they say it all the time. I've been to the future. I'm Rasmussen Berlinghofer. And I had to deal, you know, you know, you know, in space, you still need sunscreen, believe it or not, uh, depending on where in space you are. And when I run into uh, Jean-Luc Picard for, for thrusting me, but you know, leaving me in time, you know, he he he's he's like the opposite of um, Marty McFly's friend, uh, whatever. The, uh, I'm off topic, but I'm not happy with that Picard. But anyway, I recovered, and now I'm here in your time, solving your problems with everyday solutions, so everyday. So, so it, it, exciting solutions to everyday problems. Podman came up with the title of the show. And, oh, boy, you go in that sun. Now, there's a couple options, and, and uh, I have to deal with this because I deal with the Podman and Ray, who wear sunscreen. 
And you have to, if you put on sunscreen with the pod man, you have to listen to him. He doesn't know what he's talking about, but he still talks about what is benzene, baba, oh, you know, microfiche or something. And, and even though he puts, he still slathers it on his skin because there's no better option. Or you use a spray, which it smells like a gin and tonic. And the pod man doesn't like spray because he says it smells like gin and tonic. I can't take it. And he says, get that away from me. And then he hates being in the car with sprayed sunscreen. And so there's another option gone. And then there's other things, you know, where you look shiny. And then we all say, you, we look like a bunch of datas. And, and that was fun, actually. We put on a lot of sunscreen. And we stood in the mirror and we pretended we were data from, from Star Trek. Oh, but I'm Rasmussen Berlinghofer. I'm not happy with data. But it was fun. But anyway, if you go outside anywhere else, then the, the people that are jerks say, oh, look at a bunch of datas. Uh, what is it? Uh, Christmas in July. You know, they say things like that to the podman, mostly. Ray, he just says, oh, well, thank you so much. Uh, but anyway, so those are your best options. Now, I guess podman, of course, when he's talking nonstop uh, on his soapbox, he says it's not like this in Europe where they have respect for people. And I don't know if that's true or not, because where I came from is very much like Europe. <laughs> and you know how it worked out for me. I had to become Mikey. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Blue face, I don't know if I'd give If you're a blue-faced man, you probably still need sunscreen. Oh, boy. His face isn't blue anymore, though. Okay, yes, I'm trying to focus. So. Your solutions, though, are uh, limited and in 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 not that great. But that's where Professor Berlinghoff uh, comes in with your solutions. Now, what would if I could offer you a cure for sun the sun your sun troubles? Uh, that was natural, organic, uh, good 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 for your skin. It feels good. Has no strange product, so you know nothing for the podman to complain about. Uh, goes on easy. It not only that; it's the first uh, Paleolithic sunscreen. Now, I hear people say Paleo. This is actually Paleolithic sunscreen. It may, may, may. We can't confirm this, but it may have been used on the TV show Survivor, and it harkens back to a simpler time. When you were a child, your inner child's going to love this. It's going to smell good. And not only that, because the, because the podman says that 2017 is the year of self-care, in every interview he does, and he giggles like a, like he's a quotable quotes. Uh, it, like uh, you, not only can you use this for your sunscreen, but you can use it for relaxation, for contemplation. It says, it'll make more sense when I tell you, because I'm talking about our newest product here at Cape Outs Industries, Sun Mud. Now, Sun Mud does all the things your sunscreen does, but better. And it does it without any of the side effects that you might think from sunscreen, like stinking or being shiny or just, you know, general, like uh, the Padman says, there's microfiche or something. 
That's right. You'll get your chance to cover yourself in mud. And we we have sun mud. We'll also be offering like uh, future products like sun mud dry, like you where you could mix your own or sun mud clay. And this isn't just something that I'm putting together in the backyard with the help of our exercise team, because I'm not doing anything. This is a special chosen earthen materials uh, selected. Uh, what do they call it? Curated, curated dirt. I will tell you, put together the finest grains of of all things, sand and dirt and all things. It's also microwaved because I thought I, I would try that, and I said, "Well, now it's microwaved." And this is a natural product, so we're not beholden to anything. Uh, but it has been microwaved, so no questions about the dirt being dirty. And you might object and say, well, I'm not going to walk around with mud all over me. But I would say, well, you know, then that's your choice. Don't get paleolithic. Spend your life with a cream on yourself, uh, looking shiny. And who knows uh, where you could be returning to the caveman days. And also having fun. Like I said, when you put your hand in there and you stir it around, it feels good even when you're not putting sun mud on. You can make a little mud pies. You could just hold it in your fingertips in the jar. It's very, you know, this will replace your fidget spinner, your sunscreen, your your, your, your psychotherapist probably. The podman said I can't say that, but it could, it could. Your your in your your ninety nine cent downloadable games. Oh, you won't need any of those things. Breathing, you won't need to breathe when your hands in mud. You won't need Tinder when you're covered in mud. You won't have any dating problems ever again. So that Podman, I like that you wrote that yourself. Uh, he's an expert on that situation, so he would know. So, you know, Gene, what do you think about this sun mud? How much would you pay, Gene? A hundred dollars? Would that be fair to charge for sun mud? Meow. Two hundred dollars, Gene. Would you do two hundred? Meow. Gene, should, could we sell it for three hundred, please? That sounds like a pretty good deal, Gene. Meow. Okay, so three hundred. Oh, wait, the, the, the control booth's calling me. One second. Uh, no, we can't possibly sell sun mud for that price. That would be giving it away. No, I can't, I have to refuse. Uh, it'll be three hundred. Okay, we'll do one hundred fifty dollars. Uh, how's that sound? Oh, no, the control room's telling me no. Okay, how about ninety nine dollars for Sun Mud? It's going. It's going to. It's revolutionary. Join the Sun Mud revolution. That's what I was going to say. Okay, how about forty nine dollars? Uh, control room. No, they're still saying no. This saying for mathematical simplicity, all our products need to be priced the same. And I'm selling them, and this is madness. $19. Gene, what do you think about $19 for one jar of sun mud? <laughs> Holy cow, it's right, Gene, because the control room's telling me it's not for one jar of sun mud. It's also a canister of sun mud dry, which can make up to five more jars of sun mud. Holy moly. And a jar of uh, sun mud clay. Also, shipping is by the pound, by the way. We charge by the pound, so just don't be surprised. Control room's telling me that, too. But before shipping and handling charges, also, before shipping and handling charges, you're getting, what is that, $1,000? Gene, what do you think about that? Wow.
Yeah, a thousand dollars or so of value for just nineteen ninety nine. I I don't even know what to say about this. This is mind blowing. You could get paleo. You could be part of the revolution. And you can, oh, that's just today only. When you're hearing this, whatever day you're hearing this, today only. 1995 plus shipping and handling charges, which may or may not reflect the true cost of shipping and handling. Uh, one thing of sun mud, which will replace your sunscreen and many other things and change it, really. You're going to be so happy. And then on top of that, you get sun mud clay and sun mud dry. So I don't know. It seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, but, you know, and I'm only a professor of Berlinghoff or Rasmussen. Your sun problems are solved, I believe. Uh, and that's all we could do. Uh, 1995, get a hold of, uh, however you get a hold of us, I don't even, but uh, the deal, these, it won't last long. It's about, so we're going to need to dig another hole. I think. Anyway, thank you, uh, everybody, and uh, let me return you to regular scheduled programming uh, for Professor Rasmussen Bellinghoff for routes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, we now return you to regularly scheduled programs from Cape Outs Radio, the radio boys and best friends that are cats everywhere. Okay, Padman. Okay, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, we interrupt this uh, uh, program. Uh, cats, uh, the cats and cats and kids—they're all great. Like with a special, uh, like a uh, paid-for pro program. Uh, sorry, Tom. I'm so, don't stare at me though when I'm trying to record. Uh, Cape Outs Radio brings you this very special program. Everyday amazing solutions to everyday problems. Uh, we're honored. Cape Outs Radio, the radio of cats and boys that are best friends. Cape Outs Radio. Oh, also, it's not just uh, cats and everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm your uh, host, Berlinghofer Rasmussen, a time traveler, futurist, uh, and friend to all people and cats, uh, but only cats, uh, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. They're the best friends with cats or shoppers for everyday solutions to amazing problems. Oh, I'm just like the podman there. And I'm here with my partner, Gene. Gene, say hello to the audience. Oh, yes. What, 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 what product and solution do we have today, Gene? Well, Gene, you know what it's like out there. Whether you're living in the future. Well, I'll tell you what, everybody. I got good news from the future. Uh, Berlinghofer Rasmussen has been there. And the future's a lot kinder. Uh, a lot kinder, and it's a wonderful place to be. Not like when my mother... My mother... And the blue-faced man, it, 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 you know, or where people are laughing at you, or where people are full of frowny faces, like here in the Podman's apartment. And that's why we at Burling Hart for Industries and Cape Outs Radio subsidiary, we had, you know, I went to the future to try to find a, a cure or something for frowny face, frowny face syndrome, F F F F S, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because I know a man who has it every day. Also, I don't know the thing in his forehead uh, pinch uh, fr from frowny face. F, F forehead pinch. I don't think that's a syndrome though. 
forehead pinch. His forehead is pinched because he's always frowning. You may know him as the Podman. I know him as Mr. Frowny Face. And I said, well, here's an everyday problem that needs an amazing solution. And maybe everybody else could benefit from it. A little bit more kindness like we have in the future. Where everybody smiles. And they say, so I said to, I said to the worlds I try, I said, on this planet, do you smile all the time? And at one planet, they said, we're gelatinous-based people. We don't have mouths. And I said, do you, and then they said, but yes, we do. We do it. Uh, they, they do this thing where they take a gelatinous part, kind of like if you, know, you, you could figure it out. If an amoeba could smile, what would they do? That's what this planet, how they did it there. And yes, there was another planet where paramecians could smile, but they were giant and this, they were land-based. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I said to the future, I, I've traveled from planet to planet. And then I realized I'd have to re, because someone said, you just repurpose. I said, be quiet and spend your money. K-Pounce, K-Pounce Radio needs your support. And I decided to, to get to work in my my, my studio uh, workshop with Gene. How hard were we working in this solution? Yes, and Gene, you love this. You use it more for contemplation. But I invented the Smileizer. That's the Smileizer. It's patented, pen, patent pending. And it's just available for a short, short time here at Cape Bounce Radio. What if there was something? much like a picture that you could hang on your wall that you could put somewhere or more than one place we'll talk about when we're here to make the deals, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and frowny-paced people everywhere. It's time to be kind, and the one way to do it is a smileizer. Now, I've been testing this on the Podman, and you couldn't get, pick a better beta group than this uh, frowny-faced man. And I placed a Smileizer's all over his home. And Smileizer comes with a book written in crayon for now uh, by our trainees here at the, the Cape Ounce uh, Exercise Institute, which will train you. Because first you're going to say, I'm going to frown even more when you first start using the Smileizer. Or it might make you feel more frowny on the inside. These are all things I observed with the Podman. But then what you do is you take it like a crayon and you draw a, 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 this comes actually built in. I forgot you're right, Gene. Gene just pawed me. That's what makes it the smileizer. I almost was going to say, they would say, it's just a mirror. Okay. Oh, that's too early. Sorry, Podman. Gene, could you distract the audience for one second? Thanks, Gene. So I'm back there from that short break to distract you. So we put the smileizer to work and this regular frowny, oh, I'm overusing that phrase, a grouch, you could say. And after a time, he's, the plasticity of his brain, as they say, started to take hold. And he actually has begun to smile. So I would ask you at home, if it could work on the Podman, it can work on anyone. Here's a couple questions, you know, as you think about whether you're going to get out your wallet or not. Uh, do, you, do you have a frown? Do you frown a lot? Do you ever just feel frowny? And they could mean anything, you know, just write, Gene, tell them what it means to feel frowny. Right, if you ever feel like that, Gene, can you do another one? 
if you ever felt frowny in your entire life? And uh, do you ever say, well, did you ever get a smile and you didn't even know you needed one? And you say, oh boy, that just made my day, that smile. Or you ever out in the world and you accidentally smile. Or you're someone like my, my, my father figure, Ray, who smiles all the time. And you give a smile out and it makes someone else smile or just feel good on the inside. That's the power of the smile. But you can't sell a smile, believe it or not, because I looked into that. But what we've been able to design here to be sold here is the Smileiza, which will create ways for you to smile. You just put it on your wall, and every day you go in front of the Smileiza. Ideally, put it in places where you're already going to be. And not only will it show you with a simple, simple lines of how to smile, it'll remind you of if you're frowny, which would you rather be, smiling or frowning? And if you're the pod man, most of the time you say, well, I got a good reason, he says, blah, blah, blah. But eventually the smile can't be denied. Now, I just want to say something to the naysayers out there that have been naysaying all my products and uh, mud and other things. Uh, Gene, what do you have to say to the naysayers? Rice man. Right, I'd like it to rice rain on you. If it rained rice on you, that would teach you. But how about this? It's not a mirror. It's a smileizer. And I would challenge you naysayers to purchase, no refunds, by the way, on these, especially if you break them. These ones give you good luck, uh, but, but, you know, you want to smile, so you're not going to want to break your smileizer. Go ahead and buy a set of smileizers, then compare it to your mirror, and you'll see it's two different things. And you might say, well, technically, and I'd say, well, yes, we're taking the technology of mirrors and adding uh, the, the smileization. It undergoes a smileization technique, uh, hand, handcrafted smileization for each product we sell here at the uh, Berlinghofer Institute. Now, Gene, what would you say is a fair price uh, if for the people to change their lives with smiles and I mean, what is the price to save the We know the Smileizer is going to change the course of human history We are since I've been in the future. So what would be the cost you would pay to be a part of human history? The flourishing, I think that's the word they use. Uh, the flourishing of human history. It's written, you know, under the statues of me, all my customers, uh, inside the, the, you know, maybe uh, the listing of your names. Gene, how much would you pay to be a part? I mean, you're already a part of history, Gene. Holy moly. Greatest cat that's ever been made. But, Gene, if you weren't Gene, what's a pounce? Oh, thank you for that lick, a pounce. Uh, what would you pay? Man, Yes, 7000 I would agree. Uh, so let me see with the booth. Booth, how does it sound? One smileizer for $7,000. They said no, Gene. They said lower. Okay, let's just cut to the cheese. As, like, if, Oh, here's some cheese for you, Gene, because you're so nice. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you're not here with the live studio audience. Gene is smiling, and Gene's using the smileizer while Gene eats cheese. Now, for some, if you're a cat like Gene, you may use it for also contemplation. Yeah, but, you know, that's just a bonus that comes for free. So not $7,000. let us go to $19.95. Uh, should we just go straight there? Oh, we should. Okay, so we're there. Oh, okay. Let's uh, say uh, two smileizers 
one for you, one for your family. 1995 plus shipping and handling. How's that sound, everyone? Well, of course not, but broadcast a booth. That's not good enough. Oh, no. What should we throw in? Can we throw anything in? Oh, what, what is this? A patented smileizer. Now, this is only available with the purchase of two or more smileizers, of course. Uh, but the smile, your own smileizer plussing, decorating, and spreading smiles kits where you could go to other mirrors and you could temporarily transform them into smileizers for people in the public. Uh, this could be a trend. This is the trend that changes humanity, but only if you purchase these two mirrors. And now, uh, so you'll get a kit. Now, the the kit is from the from the ninety nine cent store. So, like Crayolas, but not Crayolas that you could use uh, to plus your smileizer or create your own smileizers temporarily in public places. It changed the world. Make it more kind. What could be better? I wish they had my mother had a smileizer for the blue faced man, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so get in your payments because this offer's only good right now when you're hearing this or when you decide to call, uh, call, uh, the Berlinghofer Institute. You know, the number, cause I do, I do not, uh, I've actually been banned from using the phones and the internet. Uh, unfortunately, even Ray has said, I have to have my own boundaries, but that's it. The smile eyes are changing humanity. One smile at a time here at the Burlinghoffer Institute. We started with the Podman. Smiles, spread them around. They're free. Smileizers are not free. They also include an unspecified shipping and handling charge, which could be, you know, due to the delicate nature of, you know, delivering smile technology to your home. Also an installation fee, remote installation fee, I'm hearing, unspecified at this time. But after your credit card is in, you will know. So change change your life and change the lives of the people around you. It's been my honor. Gene, do you have any last words? Nice man. That's right. It's nice to smile. Oh, boy, it is. Uh, thank you. And a good day from myself, Berlinghofer, Rasmussen, and Gene. Man. That's Gene. That's right. Uh, thank you. Okay, Podman. We now return you to regularly scheduled programming here on K-Pounce Radio, the radio of boy, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary who are best friends with cats, uh, K-Pounce. Podman, I love how you put your hand against your, your ear, even though it's not doing anything. It makes me laugh. But that was great. Uh, I love when you smile, too, by the way. Thanks, Tom. And it's too bad you just live in my brain, but it would be great. I am smiling at you. Oh, yes, you just don't smile enough. Uh, Gene, tell the podman to smile. Man. Okay, I smile. Good night, everybody. Okay, podman, I'm ready. Okay, okay. Are you sure? Yeah. So you just I'm gonna miss it, and I don't like uh, the FDC. Is it the FDC or the FDCD? Don't worry. Don't say those letters, Simon. Oh, okay. I would like to trade in. Like, okay. Don't worry. I want you to become Burlinghoffer now. Okay, I'm becoming Isringhausen Burlinghoffer. Okay. Yeah, just think about, you know, John Luke and data tricking. Oh, yes, okay, I'm ready. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's uh, time to interrupt your, spe- for your special for program for a very special program. 
Amazing Solutions to Everyday Problems with your hosts, uh, Gene in Isringhausen, Burlinghoff, for K Pounce Radio, the radio of uh, boys and cats and best friends everywhere. K Pounce. Oh, thanks, Al. Oh, uh, geez. Uh, I'm here with Gene. I'm Isringhausen, Burlinghoff. Gene, say hello. Meow, meow. I'm Isringhausen, Burlinghoff, a futurist uh, from the future. And when, even when I was in the future, I was thinking about the future beyond that and the past. I've traveled to time and space, and I've dealt with people in the Federation, and more than one Federation I've run afoul of because of my vision. And we started a program here on your time on Earth uh, to raise uh, to, 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 for, for candy funds and uh, toy funds and... Uh, Green, because my green, the, the dough, the the dough I play with, it always dries out. Uh, and also the goes, the Legos, uh, they always come out with new ones. So they cost, uh, okay, I'm not supposed to talk about those things, but we started a fund here. And we were raising, we, 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 we were hoping to raise a bunch of, but then the FDC, the FDA, CDA or something said, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, but you know, we, we don't give up here because you know, you, we don't want you to give up on your everyday solutions to everyday problems because nothing is everyday except for something that you may need in your life. And we're selling it today for the price of 0.0. Oh, the control panel's freaking out. Uh, they say I'm not authorized to give this away and they don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. My name is, uh, Isringhausen Berlinghofer. And I'm here to tell you a quick story about a boy uh, that I once was, you know, before I was a man uh, with, you know, hair on my body. That's how much of a man I am. I mean, like, it looks like it's growing. I said, is that, is that hair growing there or what? Uh, and a boy that will one day have hair on his lips, uh, but not a, a, like, a, how come the hair does not grow? It grows around the lips. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Gene, what do you think? Is hair smart or what? Man, you're right. It is. It, it, it's like uh, in the membrane, just like that song Podman sing, sings. Uh, anyway, I'm here because, uh, you know, I was once a boy. And I, I lived a life, and it was a full life for a boy to live. Uh, we'll just say that. I... Uh, I lived in a place that will be almost nameless, uh, Rose, Rose, west of the Rose, we'll say. And, uh, you know, I had some ups and some downs. And through it all, I had someone at my side, someone to carry me through. It was my friend Gene, who's really Sapounce. Sapounce, introduce yourself. Yes, man. Yes, ta-da, that's a pounce, and he's my best friend. That's Oh, that's what you said. I'm sorry I started talking. You're my best friend, yes. And that's what I'm pitching today is the solution to so many of your problems is friendship. Uh, it is an everyday solution, and it's an amazing solution to everyday problems is friends. Now, you might say, Isringhausen Berlinghofer, You've come from the future to tell us to be friends. Well, no, no, I'm reminding you uh, to be friends because sometimes I feel like uh, even I forget. Luckily, I have a best friend that's a cat, and cats have a way of reminding you by sticking their head under your hand or licking between your thumb and your finger. 
with a sandpaper tongue that makes me giggle. Thank you, Sir Bounce. Uh, when you have a frowny face, uh, that's what your best friend does, if it's a cat. Now, maybe not. Uh, don't do that uh, to, in, in real life. Uh, uh, but I've been looking around your world, and I said to them, hmm, there's uh, more than... Uh, the people said, uh, uh, Isringhausen, uh, and that's my real name. I'm Prince Tommen, really. It's it's just a character I play, Isringhausen Berlinghofer, or Rasmussen Berlinghofer, however you, the Podman writes it down in his scribble. And yes, I'm going off script and I'm going rogue, Podman, because uh, there's nothing more in vogue than friendship uh, that could be. And I'm here to remind you that from the future and from the past and from the places of fan and fiction is to be a friend. Now, we all need friends, right? And you could be saying, geez, what have you done for me lately, Eddie? I thought you were my best friend, but it turns out you're just a character on that TV show with your father with uh, and your mother, the Moonsters or whatever. And they have their own cheese, you know, those characters. I said, I want only to eat Munster cheese sandwiches from now on, now that I know about it. Oh, keep going. Badman said, keep going with the friendship stuff. So, and I know this is tough, and I, I, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to soft sell you on it. Uh, it's easy to, uh, it's not easy to have a friend, but it's much harder to be a friend. And sometimes it may be not even being a friend to people you're friends with, which is strange. You could start with the smile later we talked about last episode. And maybe even we just take an F off it and call it a rend, because maybe that's easier. It's less committed with, uh, is to walk around and say, who needs a little rendship? Uh, that's how you usually say it anyway. Rend, rend. Rend, rend, rain. Friendship and rain. Two things you can count on with Sapounce, is you just go around and say, hey, dude, like, dude, would it, like, for, you know, a rend would say, hey, let me carry that bag for you. Hey, you look frowny, or you look, oh, geez, you seems like you're having a hard day. And, you know, do, like, uh, do that outside, you know, outside of your house. Uh, uh, and don't say, another thing friends don't do is say, razafrazen, frien, frazen. When they're looking on the book of faces, which the Podman does, he says he can only use the the internet very rarely because he's so busy. But when he does, sometimes he gets on there, and his face changes, and then he goes rise frozen, 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 and he's flicking with his thumb. I think that used to be called Renbook, and we like, but just to, you know what I mean, folks. That's what I'm selling this week is friendship or Renship, uh, a lighter version of friendship. Uh, that you do for others and it'll come back to you. I know this because, uh, think about the journey I've had, uh, not an easy one, but now I live with a man named the Gregor and a man named Ray, who is my friend. He's a father figure and a friend to me. And I have my best friend all the time, the whole way through Sapounce. And even the Podman, who tries not to be my friend because he says he, you know, it makes him feel a swing squange inside his, his where his heart used to be, he pats my back and says, "It's okay, Tom, and you're going to be okay." you you you, and he even tells me one time when I when I do say, "Is the hair growing there? Is this my man hair growing?" He says, "I think it is, Tom, and I think you're becoming a man." 
And I said, well, it's about time. And he said, you've been a man longer than you know, Tom. And you're like, uh, he always says things like that to boost me up. I think that's really what he's doing, but that's a rent, that's a friendship. And of course, sometimes it's not easy, especially with me when I demand things because I've used, I'm used to being treated quite well and adjusting to this plebeian life has not been easy for me. And I still order people around sometimes or throw fits or, you know, throw tantrums. Uh, I demand four chickens for dinner or, you know, the heaviest chickens right in the store, the cooked rotisserized. I don't know how they do the rotisserized, but I will grab them and run through the store with them in my arms. And then the pod man will say, no, no, we have food. at." And I say, no, I want my chickens. Uh, but still, he says, uh, you know, someday, you know, he says, okay, well, you could keep it warm until, and then we'll put it back on the shelf. Uh, you go, you know, he still can be a rend, uh, even when I'm difficult. Uh, and that's the time, like, I need a rend really the most when I'm acting out. Uh, really, I've learned these things from, uh, I've been watching reruns of this man, Phil Donahue. He's taught me so much uh, on the tube. Uh, that's the only thing Ray will let me watch is I say, oh, this is Phil Donahue. If only he could have been my father. <laughs> but uh, he, he, I've learned many things from that. Uh, and so I'm trying. Uh, when I'm difficult in acting out is really when I am saying, could you be my friend? I'm acting like I don't want you to be my friend or it's going to be incredibly not fun to be my friend. Be my friend. And I'm not saying it's easy. Again, this is amazing solutions to everyday problems. Uh, and it's not going to fix everything. Uh, there's some things that cannot be fixed. Uh, or, so, you know, believe me, if anyone knows these things, it's I. I my mother is, like, uh, caring about with a blue-faced man and all of those things. So, uh, you know, it's it's not easy being a human or a Westerosi. Or from, you know, a Khaleesi even. Uh, Padman told me to say that. Uh, or an interpreter. He also said to say that. So be a friend or be a rend. If you're not ready to be a friend, be a rend. Even when it's hard. And just do it because in the end it will come back to you. It really does. Uh, I mean, I don't really do anything for any of them. So I say it's just practice, Padman. It's, I'm practicing. I'm developing your friendship organs. And, you know, Sir Pounce has taught me how to be. I, I, one day I will, when I I told the podman, I'll be a friend. Uh, he said, why don't you do anything for me? Nice. And I said, I did. I ate all your ice cream. It saves you from, every, you know, I've saved you. And then he says, please, really? And I said, well, uh, anyway, but he, uh, what was I saying? I got mixed up there. Oh, it's not easy. Oh, when I have hair, when I have my man hair in, then I will do, I will become a friend then because I'll be an adult and then I'll start acting like one. But you could act like an adult whenever you want. It's not, again, it's worth it and you're worth it. You're worth having people be friend to you. But the weird thing is, it's not fair. When you're not a royal, it's not fair. You got to be a friend first, I guess. So, friendship, free shipping and handling. Because you do it yourself, that's it, like, uh, but we won't be charging you. Thank you for being my friend this year. I know a lot of you have sent me nice words and wondered uh, if I'm good and I'm doing great. Uh, 
because you know I I have something to do. The Podman keeps me busy with this, uh, trying to read his handwriting and giving him notes and saying this won't do. Rewrite it again, and also bring me some chicken or some you know. So anyway, thank you for listening to Cape Pounce Radio. From all of us at Cape Pounce Radio, we're your friends. It's a radio station, Cape Pounce of. Uh, Boys and girls, cats and kids, and friends beyond the binary. Because we mean it. We love you here at K-Pounce. Thanks for listening. And be a friend, because we're friends to you. Thank you, friends, and good day. From Sapam, Sapam, and Sapam, and and Sapounce. Sapounce, say goodbye. Right on, Sapounce. Isringhausen Berlinghofer, signing off. Wow, Tom, and I'm totally touched. I'm touched too. Your your listeners are good people, and uh, is Mike still on? I want to. Like, they're wonderful people. Those listeners, you have a special thing, Podman, really. And you you know, even though I live in your brain, one day, you know this. You know, if being unhealthy helps you be healthy, then it's okay. So be a rend. I'll try. I'll try. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Okay, signing off, K-Pounce Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and cats, beyond the binary. K-Pounce Radio, the radio of friendship. Signing off. Uh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound. I don't know, it's been a while. Hey, 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 hey Gads, uh, Gads, this is like, uh, like I got to set up the new listeners here. Uh, this has been about a, you, over a year since I talked to you, which doesn't say much about, you know, it doesn't say much about, that's more reflection on me. But, you know, like, and, and I say, geez, we got a time-sensitive situation, shortened season coming up here. Uh, but I say, here's, here's the intro, so, like, uh, so new listeners, uh, Listeners that don't have listened to this a thousand times, like so, uh, and they want to introduce the the old gods and the new gods and the newest gods. Those of you that watch Game of Thrones and those of you that don't, uh, I'll treat you all equally, just like I tr- treat the gods unequal, you know, unequally, uh, just like the gods treat me unequally, even when I try to treat them unequally and say, well, I'll pray to you more, you know, if you give me some stuff, that didn't work. You know, but in Westeros, the world of Game of Thrones, uh, there's the old gods and the new, and they're all great. And that was where I came to as a, like a believer of Game of Thrones, uh, I said, geez, they get lit. and, and uh, this is a, this is a, this is just my personal belief system in case anybody's listening with RR in the middle of their name or DB, you know, anybody that like, this is just my, I'm just a mixed up, but you know, human on earth here, gods, as you know, crone, I got those notes you left for me. Uh, but, uh, so I said, he said, I was watching this game of Thrones and I said, well, they got the old gods and the new, does anybody double your gods, double your, uh, life lessons in my case, like a double your slow, painful life, life lessons. But I'm expecting eventually to double my delight with the gods, old and new. So let me introduce our lineup as I do every season. Uh, coming in, uh, first because she, she, uh, 
should probably be the first to whatever happens to gods after they're gods. Uh, All-seeing, all-knowing. And she knows I'm kidding when I say she's all complaining. She's the crone. And she's the the wisest of the wizened. And, uh, like, it can, it can be grouchy uh, when she's in a good mood. Uh, the crone. Uh, other than that, I don't know. She She's the wisest of the gods. Uh, it, when she's listening into my prayers, which is all the time, because I know you can retouch. Supposedly, she can see the future, and when it's gonna, when it's not looking good, she lets you know constantly. Uh, I, I th- she's not a harpy, but she knows how to harp on things. Uh, that's the crone, and she, 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 uh, she, uh, she hasn't smoted me unless, like, she has a new form of smoting that takes forever, and. Uh, I think she does. So that's the crone. Sorry about that crone, but I'm nervous, you know, kicking off a new season. So that's the crone. Miller, uh, every god needs to eat. All the gods need to eat. The humans need to eat. And somehow the god a million got left out when they crafted the gods old and new. And so I said, hey, let's throw a Miller in there. So that's the Miller. Smith, uh is the god who I kind of felt I felt like uh, was getting ripped off because there's a warrior and a maiden and a smith. And I said, what a ripoff. The smith's got to make all this stuff for the warrior who gets all the glory, gets to kiss the maiden, unless you, maiden, unless you guys aren't getting along. And then, you know, I've been telling you, I'm down here, maiden, uh, you know, just doing my thing, you know, uh, human stuff. You know, being fallible, double fallible, too. So that's the Smith, crafting, working hard, sweating. Uh, Probably has bigger muscles than the warrior. Also, I I don't, uh, my belief system doesn't have the warrior, uh, because I believe the warrior's overrated. And also, I don't believe it, but I'm seriously hoping the warrior's hard of hearing uh, war, mother and father, other gods that I don't, you know, I got to deal with them on earth. So that's enough for me. So we got the crown, we got the miller, we got the smith. And next up is the god. Everyone giggles, giggles with delight. The god that represents all the old gods and all the, you know, also has been featured in movies. The guy that Joseph Campbell had in mind when he talked about, uh, you know, some of that stuff. Barky, the oldest of the old gods, uh, older than the crone, but he, Barky knows how to smile. Barky's represented in the, as old gods, as trees. Might have something to do with Max von Sydow and, uh, the children, but I'm not even sure. But I know, you know, I can't pick favorites, but I do. Barky is my favorite god. You know, other, other than Maiden, that's a different kind of favorites. That's Barky, the old, old tree. In Barky, I don't know if did you catch Guardians of the, Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Because I bought a ticket, a second ticket. I had a seat for you. I bought, I brought two dancing groots with me. And then they asked, they said, you can't. And I said, no, 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 this is, this is how Barky's going to see the movie. And then I shouted, what in the name of Treebeard? And they said, sir, sir. Also, I dressed Barky. I didn't have a, uh, I don't have an official Barky outfit. 
but I did find a children's costume for the tree from, uh, it was a vintage children's costume from Mr. Rogers' neighborhood of the tree where something happened. I forget because I blocked out that part of my childhood, but, and they said, there's no costumes. And I said, this is a, I said, this is a vestment, not a costume. So we didn't, I don't know. I, I threw, I threw your ticket in the air. So in case, uh, uh, so hopefully you saw it. I didn't see it, Barky, because, you know, it's still. Uh, so, again, hopefully Baby Groot, it looked super, Baby Groot looked super cute in the uh, trailers. So that's Barky, everybody. Okay, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if you're allowed to call God's handsome in a, in a way that doesn't, I don't think the gestures has an ego because it'd be so big it would, you know, absorb the world. But there's a trickster God who was rolling around Earth. Uh, was he like the seven sons or something? And uh, then he got a gig uh, dealing with Pablo Escobar. But we all remember him is is when he's when I when he left I said he should be a god, and he is, and that's the jester, uh, the god that uh, you know like uh, you know what can it, also jester. Hopefully, please tell me you're not dating the maiden, but that's the jester. Oh, also there's one god who returned to earth. That's the hound. So I don't know, the hound god. Uh, I don't know how he dealt with that last season, but that was a god uh, with a hangdog look and, uh, like, not as grouchy as the the crone, uh, but reminds me of me, and that's a hound. So I think that's all the gods. Probably I forgot some Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound. I think that's all the gods uh, currently in my lineup. Uh and yeah, if you're new, I usually I like to close out a Game of Thrones episode uh, uh, talking to the gods, old and new, for a few minutes. And it's been it's been quite a year, you know. Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester, Hounded Dog. I don't know if you're listening, but uh, so I want to thank you for all you know all the all those uphills uh, that you know. Thanks for helping me uh, develop my uh, endurance uh, going uphill. Thanks for all the nice people and the nice listeners uh, and the kindness people have showed me. Really taught me a lot about... Oh, thanks for that uh, dude running things here, too, by the way, Crone. That's hilarious. Jester, I don't know if you're in charge of the spray tan or what, but holy moly. And that's all I'll say about that because, uh, you, you know, just just, one, just another life lesson tucked in a life lesson. Hi, God's. Miller, thank. I don't know if you have anything to do with soda, but I, I've been like since the last time I talked to you guys. I can't. Uh, so thanks for that, Miller. Thanks for those refined grains. Uh, keep it up. But really, guys, you know, as always, uh, you know, my biggest things are the FEAR and lack of patience, and I know that's what you're trying to teach me so hard. In Crone, I know I'm passive aggressive. It must be hard dealing with me. So, uh, you know, my apologies to all the other gods affected. Uh, also, just because I'm maiden, just because I'm apologizing doesn't mean I'm not tough. Uh, do, do, uh, I'm just not tough in general. 
but I, well, I'm gruff. I'm like Billy Goat Gruff. Uh, but I wanted God's thanks for, uh, thanks for showing me all this kindness, all these kind people that listen to this podcast, all the listeners that try to find ways to support it. They say, geez, this really helps me. Let me find a way to help keep this going. That means a lot to me. Uh, thank you for my family. Thank you. Can't, you know, can't help to say, say anything without that. You know, I'm a lucky person. And so lucky to uh, get notes from the crown, uh, you know, that just cry, like you're doing it wrong. You know, what do you think? You know, thanks, crown. Those are great reminders. Uh, also, I don't know if my in- internal critic, I think it's ju- you're just you ju- like, uh, what is they call when you're only into one guy? You know, like I'm into polygods, but my, um, you know, my internal critic's monotheistic for you, crown. So that's always, and I think that's getting stronger. So, but, you know, thank you for helping me. Uh, I know I could do better with being patient and maybe being less, uh, like just walking slower, looking people in the eye, smiling, gesture. I could definitely use some hands with that, uh, but don't tickle me. Like, don't use your hands to tickle me. I'm not interested in that, but, uh. So, like, uh, so that's, I think that's it, Gads. Um, I was trying to think what else, uh, you're so, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, Gads. I missed you. I did miss you all. Miss checking in with you. I just, like, I do a lot of recording, so, so, uh, I can't, rec- I couldn't record when it's out of season. But, oh, Crone, did I miss you? Those bunions, I can't tell you how many times I thought about them and said, oh, boy. They said, what am I feeling so out of sorts? Oh, because I'm not rubbing the Crone's bunions. And do I have a pumice stone with your name on it, Crone, right here in my lap? Uh, I got that tub and everything, so I'm ready to, to do my penance uh uh, crone, and you, you know, we, 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 we have fun when we do that. Uh, or, you know, I just do it cause hopefully I get some God stuff sooner or later. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know if you have any new lever spots for me to, you know, look at and uh, kiss my finger and touch, but, you know, we'll, we'll discuss that. Uh, you know, cause, uh, you know, as long as you keep those, uh, Keep me, keep me humble, you know. That's what you, Crone. You got that down. But in all seriousness, guys, it's good to be back for another season of GOT. It's good to be back, uh, you know, in the groove. My spirit is not wail. It's wailing with joy. Well, it's wailing, and it might not sound like joy, but one day I think I'll look back at it and say, "Oh no, it's wailing with joy." I just didn't realize it. Uh, so keep me patient, guys. Uh, help me with this uh, Tom and Pounce and every, you know, those, those them as well. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester. Barky, I mean, sorry. Hey, other guys, you could check out Barky. I miss saying your name so much. I wish I would have remembered that. that, that the bat, just say Barky. It, may, it makes me feel good. So hopefully if anyone's listening... They could carry that with them and just say barky. You know, picture a, a tree god that's more tree-like than humanoid-like. So not quite Groot, uh, 
or just picture a dancing baby Groot uh, and say Barky and say goodnight, goodnight, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, Crone, uh, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester. And I guess that's that's it for now. Uh, Hound Dog, I, I guess I could just say what's up to you. Uh, you know, guys, I'm trying to get all my prayers in before this. You know, even though uh, this will be when this, you know, I want to get my prayers into you before my prayers are spoiled. So uh, let me start again. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky Jester, Hound Dog. It just sounds good at the end to have a Hound Dog. Uh, I think probably last season I made jokes like there there ain't nothing like the Hound Dog. But God's say well, two things. God's I'm trying to get to get all my prayers in spoiler free. Uh, not about you, you know, not for you, God, just for me, so I'm not spoiled. I, I but go, God, so how would I would spoil you if I could? How I could I make being um, an eternal being with, you know, powers and stuff even better than what I have here on Earth? Uh, how could I serve you to make it, you know, not here on Earth, like doing any stuff with, like, uh, you know, up there? Other than bunion rubbing crone and uh, listening, how else do you want? Is that all you want to be doing? Is this, isn't this serving you now? Isn't this your favorite thing, gods? Uh, does this tickle your uh, scepter's pink when I uh, jester? I heard you giggle at that. I didn't mean it like that, but uh, the like when I pray to you, uh, crone, sweet sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky jester. Also, God, I'll be honest with you, because I am fallible, I don't even know what I prayed to you about last week. Uh, it, like, I think of probably my ongoing struggle with humanity, my own humanity, God. As you know, I'm my biggest obstacle. And so I said, what am I going to pray about to the gods about? I only have seven weeks to get it done, and last time, 10 to 12 to weeks never... Uh, so I don't know, gods. Uh, Crone, I hope you're good. Uh, last week, I guess I introduced you. I mean, gods, you know all you know all you know all the things you're frustrated with me about, all those challenges you put in my path. But the number one challenge is between my ears, gods. It's me. It's me. And I, you know, I do. I would like to be more focused on other people. Uh, if I had to pick and choose between other people and the gods, old and new, I would probably choose you. you uh, like, like I get caught up in my own stuff. I know we tried to invent the next great uh, app for complaining Midler. We almost you got Talkspace as a sponsor. Maybe they'll, they'll come to us and decide to run some ads. We did some tests for Talkspace. That's more of a therapy app. Uh, so it's not exactly a copy of Midler where you just call. Remember, we weren't going to have whatever the letter was that, like in Bette Midler's name, it'd just be M-I-D-L-R, something like that. And I don't know if you went public with that, Gads, because you, you probably don't need an IPO. I probably don't need one either. Yes, it rhymes with B-O. Thank you, Barky, for noting that. But maybe I'll use my limited time tonight, guys, just to pray to you for uh, help in being less inwardly focused and more being outwardly focused. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, please give me your powers of uh, all-seeing, all-knowing. 
you know, all judging. Probably I don't need the judging parts. Uh, but sometimes I tend to, like, when I, when I crone, please help slow me down. Like, actually, could you, and I'm not kidding with this crone, give me some essence of crone to go slow and take my time. Because I tend to, like, uh, be already on the next thing in the middle of this. Like, I don't like being in the present moment. And it seems like, uh, much like my favorite part about David Lynch, stretching the present moment out, uh, I think you can do that too, Crone. And, of course, in the best way possible. So, Crone, please help me stretch out the present moment and take it slow so I can be there for other people to listen or to find ways to help uh, instead of just running around, uh, you know, like like I do. I tend to do that, and maybe then I can see the positive or just live in the present. Oh, Miller, great grinder of grains, uh, a turner of wheels, uh, big wheels keep on turning, Miller. I could use, you know, your steady, your steady effort, actually. I could use that. Uh, because usually my my ability to connect with other people is inconsistent at best, and then I tend to give up, and then I say, well, geez, if I don't turn this around with my interpersonal stuff, then... So I tend to go, like, if I could just be slow, like, the, you know, like, like do you actually live in a mill? In Is it a cloud-driven mill, Miller? Because uh, that would be pretty sweet. I would like to live, like, a, like a... What about if I'm lying on the clouds and it heads through the mill? Would that be a tr- would that be trouble? But uh, help me like go slow and steady and consistent, like the turning of the miller's wheel. Or steel, you know. Remember when Stephen Wright? Uh, he's a big big hero of mine. He's he's much smarter than me. Like I have the, uh, I'm like the slow dyslexic version of Stephen Wright's. Yes, Jester, I'm Stephen Wrong. You're right about that. Holy cow. But uh, Miller, help me be patient in, you know, consistent, slow effort like that. Miller, oh, Steeler's Wheels. I, I can hear Stephen, Stephen Wright's voice saying Steeler Wheels from uh, that movie soundtrack. They, they can't say the name of it. So, Miller, please help me to be consistent in, with, with uh, being in the present with other people. Miller Smith, oh, Smith, pounding away at that thingamajig, uh, the anvil, where, you know, things are forged. Oh, the forge you have. Burn away my impurities. Uh, well, actually, don't, because there wouldn't be anything left. You know, but give me that white-hot focus. I know you must do a lot of focusing, and you're also consistent and steady, but you put the work in, Smith. That's why I've always liked you better than the friggin' warrior who just waits around for the big stuff and then goes out on a horse. You know, he's not there consistently working with white-hot focus. And your focus has got to be white-hot, otherwise it will be white-hot, and you'll say, ouch, you know. So, oh, Smith, help me with your focus, uh... Or be focused when I can, because I, I notice that when I can, uh, when I'm focused, uh, you know, I think there are some some definite chemical impurities in me. So sometimes I got to ride those moments out and just do my best. But then when I'm focused, when the fog clears, you know, for those forty minutes every week, help me get some stuff done and help me get, keep that constant pounding effort you do. 
So impressive. I would also like to have your buys uh, and maybe your pecs, because uh, when I picture you, I would like to look good in a leather apron like you do, Smith. And if the maiden doesn't, t- you know, take the jester or me, you know, after the warrior, you know, maybe maybe you got a shot, uh, but probably, you know, you you got work to do anyway. And that probably gets rid of all your vigor and vim. So, you know, that's that's like, don't get rid of all my vigor or vim, please. I'd like to be focused in work. So thanks, Smith. Uh, the anvil in the sky, don't drop it on me. I mean, I know you have, but it keeps stubbing my toes. I have a feeling you're behind that. Oh, Barky. Barky's next. Uh, Barky, oldest of the old gods, older than the crone, but you don't look a day, you know, you, you wear well. Uh, because you're a tree, or many trees, or all trees. Oh, Barky. You know, help me spread my branches. Like, uh, let me be, you know, Barky, can I get the, can I, can you help me be cambium? And take the juices deep in the earth, uh, suck them up, and, uh, you know, take the goodness of other people. I mean, this is just figuratively, Barky. I don't actually want to be cambium, but you know what I mean, the essence of cambium, if that's what cambium is. And help me suck that up, Barky, and distribute it through and then into the leaves, you know, and all the benefits and spread it around, all the goodness of other people. You know, help me, you know, you know what I'm saying, Barky, do you? And then I could spread my branches and my leaves and even, you know, the changing of the seasons, you know, Thomas More, all those things, Thomas Aquinas, whatever, you know. I could be a tree for all seasons and, uh, you know, maybe build a little birdhouse in my soul. Not to put too fine a pine on it or whatever they say, Barky. Did that make you laugh, Barky? Well, you could put it. I wouldn't mind having a woodchuck in me as long as it's not chucking any wood. And uh, maybe, like, maybe I could be like that tree from uh, Mr. Rogers, too. Uh, but help me mostly be the cambium that takes it and they say, hey, I got, I got the roots here. I got, the, you know, I could be the, whatever you need. I could be your shelter. I could be your umbrella. Whatever, you, you know, that, so thanks, Sparky. Help me with that with other people. That's the best I could do for a tree because they think I already worn out, like, uh, you know, having picnics under me. I think I did that the other seasons. Oh, Jester, Jester, funniest of gods, most, uh, you know, dashing. You, 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 Jester, I could just use your help. Uh, I know I can be funny, like, in sometimes, but not when I need to, Jester. So help me to recognize the humor in that. Uh, like, uh, and then say, you, you know, can I, could I just, like, could you help me move in the present moment, like, with some, like, not grace, uh, but you know, like a warm knife through butter, that's, that's how I see how you've always moved Jester. And that's why, you know, I decided to start praying to you, even though you're just a regular dude from, uh, Sun City. And I, you know, that's why I started this movement, the great Jester movement. So if you could help me just be present and to go with, not go with the flow, but just, uh, be there and say, yeah, man, I'm the Jester. This is amusing. Animal Live, it's so sweet. Uh, like, whatever they say about that, the V, you know, Vishwada V, all those Vs, I need them all. 
So help me to drink all that up, you know, or at least, you know, no, no. You're right, Chester. Serve it out to, to the others, to their cool, the cool drink to their warm lips. You're, you're, of course, you're right, Chester. And hound dog, God, now that you, like, help me not be grouch. Uh, let your grouchiness and mis misanthropy or whatever they call it, uh, you know, let it be a parallel for me to say, okay, well, I'm not, you know, uh, so thanks, uh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller, Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog. Uh, thanks for listening and, uh, you know, help me be a better servant to the other people around. Also, Maiden, if you think that's cool, you know, that would be, you know, that would just be the icing on the cake. Uh, I'm a human, you know, I'm a human, I'm a human lover now. So, you know, your days may be numbered, gods, actually. No, I'll still love you the most, gods. Don't worry. But, you know, I'll always need your help, clearly. You know, you can, you, can, you might be able to play a broken record, but you can't fix it, right, gods? Uh, what was that, Crone? I didn't hear that. Uh, thanks, gods. I'll talk to you soon. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog God. It is I, uh, your humble, earthbound, and non-Westerosi, repentient, uh, and always ready to learn. I don't know which, uh, like, uh, vocabulary you like from that. Sweet, sweet crone, Miller, Smith, Barkey, Jester. I, I remember learning, seek and ye shall find, but I found through you, O gods, be lost and thou shall uh, be eventually be you know, be confused and more lost and you know go roller coaster feelings and then go in the woods and be lost and then you know maybe be like feel down a lot of frowning scowling and then say well maybe I well, maybe this is what I found and maybe why but you know all those things be lost and seek and ye shall find. And oh, sweet, sweet Crown Miller Smith, Barky Jester, so thankful for you to answer in those oblique ways you do. You work in mysterious ways, as you two once said. And, but you know, I think I'm getting smart enough to notice and then only complain and swear and talk under my breath and passive really aggressively talk about you crone sweet sweet crone miller smith barky jester and then tell people you're, you're maybe i told people you're a joke hey gods quick question do you have to lose your faith to find it in the, like uh what about loathing how many people gods crone I, I know you can sense this so why bother talking around like uh how do you feel about people that believe in you and loathe you at the same time? Is that a sign of a mature mature faith? Uh, anyway, thank you, because I said, well, geez, I really need to learn about people and listening and other compassion and empathy. I forgot to mention those things last week, but I think those are key. And I know one of the keys to listening and we're, like being present for others, providing love, crone. Like I do with you, and I mean, uh, is uh, being of attention, attention, A T T E N T I O N, I think is how you spell it. And I'm not talking about paying attention, but I am. And I realize the error of my ways uh, this week because uh, 
my clumsiness finally dawned on me uh, that that's a result of not paying attention. Despite all the times those crones in my life have said, you know, why don't you pay more attention? If only you paid attention to what you were doing, why don't, are you paying attention? You know, said if I had to pay for attention, like I'd be, uh, maybe I have, that's a different kind of attention. If I had to pay because I didn't pay attention to pay attention, if I had to pay to pay to pay attention, that's what I didn't realize I was doing. And I've been paying the wrong toll booth, uh, gods. And that's why, you know, stubbing my toe, I think I complained about that last week, dropping things. You know, one thing I did, Crone, Sweet Sweet Crone, Miller, Smith, Bark. Miller, you might not like this. Uh, Smith, you probably won't like this. Maybe you will, though. You know, I tend to break a lot of things. And then when you, like, especially dishes and glasses and those things. And then you get to the decision where, for someone like me, of moderate means, uh, and, you know, to say I'm tasteless would have, you know, that's more than one meaning. And you need glasses. There's two places I know where you could buy them that I would go to, TJ Maxx or the other place, which has two different names, or Ikea. And usually TJ Maxx wins because it's just so much less emotionally exhausting unless I need something to hold something. And the Doughboys were recently, Crone, Sweet Sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester. Do you know the Doughboys? I like them. Anyway, I'll move on. Maybe this, I'll just recommend one podcast. Crone, did you listen to any? Barky, do you have any of the electronics I've left in trees for you over the years? Five or six years now, Barky. I don't know how long it's been. Uh, but anyway, that's its own credit card. I just pay the minimum balance anyway, Barky. So whenever you get that stuff to me, I can either return it or, you know, try to, you know, hopefully you'll give me some sort of divine intervention, like some gold. How about some golden acorns, Barky? Oh, attention, God. Sorry about that. Uh, so I think in my clumsiness, oh, so I usually buy my glasses or plates at TJ Maxx or the other place if, uh, depending on, like, like what my internal, like, vibrations are when I go in. I think they call it, on one coast they call it Marsh, Marshalls and Ross. I think those are the two ways. In Syracuse is Marshalls, in California it's Ross. I could be wrong, God, so. I prefer TJ Maxx just so I can say I'm a Maxinista, and I don't know if they say that anymore. Though lately, when I'm in there, I still yell. I feel like PETA when I'm in the uh, when I'm in the dressing room. I like to say that. Uh, but someone said, uh, it, you know, they took it the wrong way. They thought I was talking about fur. I said, no, 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 I'm not with that PETA. I said, I feel like PETA. PETA, the one. Uh, like Peter and Katniss from six years ago. Um, I, I have dated references in, in in dressing rooms. Oh, but I'm supposed to be ta- paying attention, gods. So thank you for making me so clumsy and putting things in my path to trip on and making me unaware of my legs and my body. So I bump into walls and corners and dog gate. How, how many times have I run into that dog gate crone? How many times do I have to run into it from now on? But I just want to thank you because it lets me know, oh, I'm not paying attention. Maybe that, maybe I could pay more attention. Um, 
But then I notice I also trip when I'm trying to pay attention. When I'm worrying about not paying attention to other people, then I'm not paying attention to myself. Uh, and I'm not really paying attention to the other person because I'm worried about paying attention. And then I, you know, then side, that's when the sidewalk cracks get me. But I know that's one key for me to understand better other people. Uh, really, like, how about you, like, couldn't you just scoop out the parts of my brain that do all the talking, you know, Crone? Uh, I know you can't do that, because then I would be even less of, you know, Crone, I know you're jester, I know you're all laughing at that. So instead of helping me think about, you know, help me focus, you pay attention, I know I should. But I think what you're trying to teach me, gods, in your own mysterious ways is that, uh, how good it could be if I paid attention. Maybe even enjoy the trip in the fall. Is enjoy the f- trip? Uh, they say, you know, they say to me a lot. How was the fall? Uh, you know, sometimes they even make ones about autumn or something. Uh, so thank you, God, for the little lessons, the little life lessons tucked inside of. Uh, like I say, is that a fortune cookie, or is that something that just doesn't look like a fortune cookie? But I, like, you know, so thank you, God, sweet, sweet crone. Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog. Thank you for helping me pay attention. Or, you know, thank you, God. Thanks. Uh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone. Miller Smith, Barky, Jester. Hey. And not the kind of hey horses have. Like, uh, that's, that's kind of a joke. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone. Miller Smith, Barky, Jester. Probably shouldn't start a prayer with a joke, huh? Oh, how about an ode? Oh, hey, to the gods old and new and newer than new and wiser than wise. Sweet, sweet crone, barky jester, hound, crone, Miller Smith, barky jester. Sorry about that, Miller Smith, Miller and Smith. Miller and Smith, if you had a son, you should, you know, would you call him Miller Smith? That's very, uh, uh, they, they, I could see quarterback for high school quarterback, Miller Smith. In the, the class ahead of me, there was a cor- there was a football player with the last name Smith, and there was someone with the last name Miller who was very good at uh, lacrosse. So sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barker, just this is going to be a lesson, a prayer, prayer, a praise within a lesson, within a, because I learned this week what you needed to teach me, that A-C-C-E-P-T-A-N-C-E. And so I, I guess I should have an ode, because, oh, how far I have to go, but how short the journey uh, to re, you know, to to see my shortcomings, but accept them, and know it is but a reflection of my limitations. Oh, my shortcomings in the mirror look like limitations, and I know that I need to say, "Oh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, who was that young man? Who was that man?" Making jest at you earlier this passing weeks. Who was a young man without the courage to say, hey, crone, throw me a bone, baloney phone. You know, the FBI was tapping uh, Chuck, Chuck D's telephone. Oh, no, that was that uh, Flavor's telephone. 
But, Crone, you know, I, I don't realize, I, I don't realize, and I forget. Uh, and so I spread my arms open and say, Crone, you're great. I accept that you may be limited and your, your Godhead may be not be the size I imagine it to be. Totally normal size, probably, Crone. And I accept the lessons you bestow on me. Like the drip, drip, drip that uh, gets you know like 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 I'm like like I don't know if I'm stalactite or stalagmite, and I don't know if this is the fiftieth time I've used that metaphor. So I don't know if I'm growing from the ground up for or from the top down or both at the same time. But Crone, I know your wisdom is guiding those drips, drip, drip, dripping. Piling up the wisdom, one tiny film of limestone at a time, grown. But I, you know, I'm a, I'm a god headless. Uh, I'm without, you know, I have no, like, uh, and I can't see it, grown. Except when you teach me this acceptance to say, whoa, slow it down. You don't know nothing. And I do know that. Uh, but I forget how how to embrace that and say, well, she say, yeah, I don't know anything. The crone, I was right about one thing, and you two last week was right about it too. You do work in mysterious ways, crone. Sweet, they they just forgot the extra sweets. Like the crone, she works in sweet, mysterious ways. Oh boy, does she! And maybe Scott and Scott could talk to Bono about or the Edge about how sweet your moves are, crone. So thanks for your dripping. Or, or dry, you know, it, I just would, I don't know if I'm coming top down or bottom, you know, I guess I'm coming from the bottom to the top. Also, I don't know which one is, am I a, am a stalag or a sag to stalag, stalactites or stalagmites? I don't know. I'd rather not be either. If we're going to shorten it, I'd just rather be a stalag than a mite or a tight. Uh, so anyway, thank you, Crone. Uh, totally, 100% accepted this week, you know, full acceptance of my limitation. I accept my limitation to fully embrace you because I, like, cause I'm, you know, I'm limited. What can I say? Otherwise, I would accept you fully. And that's Crone, Miller, Miller, oh, Miller. Oh, how those who love you toil away. And, you know, the wheel, you know, goes round and round. And as that uh, Billy saying, will it go round in circles? It will. When you're when that mill's going, it's going, Miller. And it feels, but sometimes we got to step away. You're right, though, Miller, when we say we got to accept it and step away. All the mill does is grind. We're not a mill. We're Miller, and you, oh boy, Miller, do I forget that. Sometimes I forget, I don't see the, uh, the mill for the Miller, you know, the Miller for the mill, uh, just like they say about the stars and stuff. And then I forget about the whole other level that I'm both the milled and like the, like, uh, the baked. I don't know. Am I the milled and the baked? Am I like, uh, I could, I probably could use some extra bran. I don't know if you've been like, uh, Right, I probably told you that before too, but it's a circle. We're going around in circles, Miller. And I forget how badly I got to get ground down, you know. If I'm going to get, you know, processed into something, I don't know if I'll be savory or sweet. If I'm stalactite or stalagmite, probably neither and neither. But uh, 
you know, maybe some limestone stone water would be good uh, in, in uh, like, uh, will I be leavened or unleavened, Miller? Because lately I've been feeling stone ground and unleavened. Uh, but I know that's, again, I just got to say, like, uh, I got to accept either my, my, my yeasty side or my, you know, my non-yeasty side. And sometimes I just got to say lavash because it's such a podcasty word, lavash. And maybe I could greet the day with that lavash, like, and maybe that day won't be. Maybe it'll be some other form of flatbread. Or maybe it'll be a risen, maybe I'll rise up and see a risen loaf uh, right at the foot of my bed, placed by the miller. Uh, and, and then I'll say, well, I'm, the, you know, so anyway, miller, you know, remind me to, keep reminding me to accept that it's more than just the ground part. Uh, there's many more stages because there's both a mill and a miller. And the other parts of being so thank you, Miller, for that, uh, that lesson. Oh, Smith, uh, you know, with the anvil and all those things, uh, it's, I guess I have hard times. Like, I guess if I could go back, no offense, Smith, uh, like, uh, don't let the Miller hear this, but, uh, I guess you're not working double duty, but you kind of are the two of you. You're the workhorse gods. Uh, I guess that's why you would have that, that, uh, if you have a son that's quarterback, don't put any pressure on him. Accept him like you've accepted me, Smith. You see how he did that? Did you just accept that uh, move I just made, Smith? Because I'm accepting the hard work you're doing on me. Holy and you know, holy hammer blows. Uh, I feel like a glass jaw Joe some of the time when I'm trying to sneak in these like uh, things that remind like what are these? Uh, you know, one thing one thing reminds me of another thing. Even though those were body blows, I know, I know, I know, Smith, I know you know. But all that hard work you're doing on me, and then you say, geez, uh, still too many impurities in there, but that's what makes him shine that way. I don't shine bright like a diamond. I know I don't do that, Smith. But keep forging me. You know, sometimes I, like, I forget whether I'm on the forge or in the anvil or sizzling in that water. Or I've yet to be male, you know, I try to be, you're right, Miller, I need to remain remain malleable at all times. You know, you can't, can't always, you know, we can't always be white hat, right? I'd like to be white, though, if, if, if there is, if you're keeping a list, I'd like to be white hat at some point. And laser sharp, or, you know, razor sharp or laser sharp, either one of those, if you do have plans for me. Uh... Like, that would be great. But I'll accept whatever. That's what I'm doing this week is just accepting the uh, how great you are. It, like, striking that anvil. Striking while the iron's hot. Uh, and, like, do you, you do the work. I guess that's the thing. You do the work. I'm supposed to just kick back. I guess that's my what I got to accept is you're doing the work. Some reason that just seems to go against... Uh, Culturally, I don't think we believe that in America here. And then I would say, well, you do the work, I'll do the worrying. It would be my uh, belief system. But I'm trying to replace it with yours. You let, let, the, let the Smith, let the crone do the all-seeing and the all, you know, let the miller do the grinding. 
Let the Smith do the work. Scoots, just kick back. There's no reason. You don't got to do the worrying when the Miller's at work. You just got to accept it. Or when you mix up the Smith and the Miller, that they accept your apology. Sorry about that. Or when you kiss your hand and you pretend it's a maiden and you get caught in public doing it. Uh, and someone posted on Instagram. You got to accept those things too, right, Smith? Because maybe that's just your strut. Maybe that was when I was white hat. If I'm white hat like that, I'd rather not be white hat, I guess. So let me just accept the work you do, Smith. Thank you, Miller Smith. Barky. Holy moly. Barky, I don't, like one thing I don't have trouble is accepting is you because you put a smile on my face. Uh, so maybe I got to accept the cartwheel of the smile, the frown. And uh, say, hey, sometimes, uh, but you know, sometimes Barky's digging deep. Sometimes Barky's just silent uh, as a tree. And the answers don't come except in the, the sound of the wind in your branches, right, Barky? Or the wisdom of the, with the wrinkles in your uh, trunk. So sometimes I just got to accept, I mean, the mystery of how the heck, uh, what is cambium? That's one mystery that still hasn't been resolved. Uh, but also, how do you do a parky? Like, uh, how do you stay? How do you put such a smile on my face? Uh, how do you make me think of dancing groot every time? How do you take all those electronics I leave for you and rust them up, and so I can't return them? Oh, Barky, keep me accepting, of, mostly of accepting of your smile, your shade, and your bird droppings. Thank you, Barky. Oh, Jester. You know, let me just accept your laughter at my foibles, as we say here in this uh, this season. Uh, let me accept your 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 grins and your laughs and your giggles and your snickering. Let me accept you take you know when every time I say, well, you, like uh, we, we, I know you're not the actual maid, but you say, well, actually, I've got a date with the jester. Oh boy. Another one bites the dust, Jester. Help me accept it that uh, it doesn't need to be funny for me to laugh at it, right? It just has to be my, you know, my mistake. Like, I can laugh at being human. And if I can't laugh at myself, I can accept that you're laughing at me and with me, right, Jester? So I can accept that. Uh, and that it's pretty sweet from your view. And then maybe you're even saying, see, you wouldn't want to be, uh, I could still laugh at that. Thank you, Jester. Thank you for the acceptance, gods. Crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester. Hound dog, God. Just accept, you know, just accept your, 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 your bad words. Uh, uh, good night, gods. Uh, crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, hound dog, God. If you're, if you're listening, uh, it's me, uh, praying, praying in. I don't think I said that this season, but that's what I'm doing. Prayer, praying up, praying in, praying around, like praying across. And I'm trying, you know, I'm praying. I guess you're not supposed to. Pray. Okay, God, crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God. Here's a question. I know you're not supposed to pray for yourself. One, mostly because it doesn't work. Uh, two, I think as a child I was taught that if you do do that, then you get worse in the opposite, like double or triple, which seemed to hold up true for me. 
Uh, three, if you, I also learned if you spend any time alone, quality to alone time with yourself, then you can't pray for yourself for anything. So that, like, so, but so, what's my, like, uh, oh, but what if I'm praying? So this season, though, I'm praying in for myself to be better for other people. So, and I've been trying to see myself as a third person, you know, in the third person to, to help myself more. Because I'd like to be a better listener, probably for the benefits, uh, maiden, you know, possibly like listening, leading to kisses of the maiden. I don't know if you're listening, maiden, uh, but I'm not listening, you know, to, 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 uh, I'm too busy to, you know, riding my heart, you know, riding my 10 speed only has two speeds right now, uh, flat and tire. Anyway, may, may I get back to the the gods I pray to across? Sorry, don't smote me. Well, unless you're, I mean, if that's the kind of thing you, I mean, it could be smoted, but it, like, uh, we'd have to change it up every once in a while. But so gods, that's what I'm praying for is to be a better person for other people. I guess for myself, I guess it's a selfish selflessness, uh, I don't think it's selfish, selfless at all, guys. It's just, I mean, I'm sick of banging my head. You know, you know how it goes. So this week I'm supposed to be a pray, praying up for uh, affection, gods. But I also have another issue that's distracting me. Like, I don't know why. So maybe this could tie into it. Why, why can't I call the dentist to make a dentist appointment? Crone, sweet, sweet crone. You probably already know. The longer I wait, they say, well, it's, it's not a toothache. It's more of a tooth. Uh, it's more of a tooth uncomfortable. It's not an ache. It's not actually aching. It's just, bu you know, kind of bugging me. So I don't really need to go to the dentist. What do you think that that is, Gads? It, and how does affection have to do with that? But crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, all of all the Gads I have affection for. Sweet, sweet crone, I've got it for you. And sometimes it's misguided. But I know your wisdom. You see the past. You see the future. You know it's going to, you know, you see all the parts that are going to go wrong. Crone, help me to have affection anyway and say, well, you know, what? in what situation could a backpack and a smile be? Is that what affection is? Like sniffing, I always think of it as an animal sniffing your hand or a pat, a pat on the head. Effect, that's affection. It's, uh, I mostly associate Crone with heartache. You know, affection and heartache could go hand in hand for me because affection and being friends seems to be tied. Like, uh, and I'm also uncomfortable. You know, say, so I say, well, it's like, uh, I prefer, you know, keep humans at a distance. So can you help me with that kind of stuff, Crone? Help me be more affectionate uh, uh, to the unknown when I'm listening. Like, I'm not talking about actual affection. I think you know that, Crone, because uh, uh, that would be, I mean, let's take baby steps, right? I don't need, I mean, what do I, like, uh, I don't need to be doing free hugs because I don't know, like, uh, it's a stranger. I don't know if you can have, you can probably have, I don't know, can I have affection for a stranger? And affection starts at home, so maybe I should have affection for this tooth and call the dentist. Uh, you're right, Crone. How wise. Miller, uh, grinder grains, uh, a big wheel keeps on turning, Miller. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to have affection in the form of listening, in the form of other people, in the form of service to others. 
with ulterior motives. So, I mean, Miller, you know, you're up there grinding. I'm sure you have alternative motives. Uh, you got to get that grain ground because uh, it's not going to grind itself. Is is that an alternative motive? U- ulterior. Sorry, Miller. My, you know, my head, you know, I, I, have, st- I have a stone ground brain, as, among other things, as you know. So, Miller, as you, uh, do you have affection for the weed, or is it mostly just like, uh, like, uh, you must? You're not the farmer, though. Who, I would, when did the farmer in the, uh, was the, was the, uh, Westerosi people more of a foraging people? I mean, maybe for season eight, we should get that together, gods, and get a farmer god going. Green Jeans God, God of the Green Jeans. There you go. I may start praying to that next week, uh, Green Jeans God. But don't, you know, don't count on it because, uh, like, uh, I'm, I'm right in the middle. Sorry, Miller. I was just wondering, you know, who you got your good grain stuff from. I mean, maybe you're a dual. You may, are you a dual? Let's just say you're the Green Jeans God anyway, Miller. I'll give you all the credits. Because uh, I was saying if you're threshing, is that affectionate? Can you thresh the wheat and be affectionate? I guess you have to be if you do it all the time. And, I mean, I'm sure you have affection for that water that keeps the mill wheel going. And, like, uh, I don't know, do you grease your do you grease your gears? Uh, like, I'm sure you do. I mean, I grind mine. I prefer to grind them. And uh, grinding my molar or something here because I don't like. Uh, I'm not exactly afraid to call the dentist. I'm confused. Uh, I have. I think I have a physical incapable. I did call once when I knew they were closed, and it left a message. But I don't answer my phone, so I don't. And I, I, uh, I don't always check my voicemail, so I don't know. If, I don't think they called me back for an appointment, but I'm not sure. And that was a month and a half ago. So if you could help me, like, a, you know, maybe uh, no grinding, though. My teeth, like, I don't need it. I don't need any grinding in my teeth. Thanks, Miller. But, yeah, grind down my will, grind down my resistance to have an affection for other people. And just in the friendly affection at a distance and say, okay, I can listen. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. See, I can do it, and actually I can feel it, but that's when it's imaginary. And I can do it for the podcast listeners because, uh, like, they're great. But, it, like, when it comes to my regular life, not that the right people in my regular life aren't great, but uh, I think it's like, do you, do you know what a radio is, Miller? Uh, I mean, you could use one. I've given, I've given stuff like that to Barky, but Barky just leaves it in the rain. Anyway, Miller, just grinding down my resistance. Help me think like the Miller does to say, geez, even when you got to thresh that wheat, you still got to have affection for it. And you're right, Miller. If I can be nice and affectionate to the listeners and vulnerable, I should be able to do it. Like, uh, there really is no difference just in my mind. You're right, Miller. Great. Smith, uh, pounder of iron and steel. Uh, you know, allergy or metal, metallurgy, maybe you do that. I don't know. You're an alchemist to me, even if you're not, because, you know, like a forger, a bellower. Do you bellow or is it a bellows? Is that is that one of those noun verb things, too? Are you pumping your bellows? Uh, so pump my bellows and fill me up with some uh, hot air. 
so I can blow some hot air of goodness, so not fake hot air, real hot air, just like your bellows. So I can feed the the fire of affection and other people. Not, I'm not joking. This one's not. Uh, I mean, it'd be great if I could, you know, get that fire going with the maiden too, Smith. But uh, remember, I'm the one that said you were better than the warrior and the father and the mother and all. You know, the the warriors not and you know, warrior sums down in my mind. That's right. I'm not. You go ahead, warrior. Come on down. Or, you know, don't, you don't need to, but you could, you like, see, like, uh, sorry, I'm so actually, come on down. I'll have affection for you, warrior. I, I will have affection for you. Uh, cause yeah, I could, I could say, Hey, come on down. Uh, tell me more. Oh, warrior, regale me with your tales of your good hair and your good times. Oh, kiss your bite. How, wow. That must be hard kissing that bicep warrior. Holy moly, you're telling me you rode a horse all the way. And you used three different kinds of pomade in that hair. Holy mackerel, $50 is, man, it, it's worth every penny, warrior. And at some point, maybe if we practice that, I might start to mean it. Like, I probably will, because I could have, like, a Heimlich syndrome or whatever it's called, where I say, well, now I like you. Now we're really, and I probably would, because I'd say, wow, uh, hanging with the warrior. I probably would sell out all my old guys. So, so anyway, thanks, uh, thanks, Smith. Help me. Uh, yeah, I could have affection. Thanks with you bellowing, with you fusing my bellows or whatever. There's nothing that can't stop me. Thank you, Barky. Oh, oldest of the old gods, uh, with your branches bearing all all things. Help me have affection for listening, Barky. And Barky, help me with my brain. That's my main problem with the listening. Is I got to listen with my heart and my ears and my like, uh, but not my brain because my brain doesn't listen. It, it 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 yammers and it moves and it worries, Barky. So maybe I could just be like you, like a tree. You're right, Barky. Just be like a tree. Be like Barky. Holy cow! That was too easy, Barks. Also, when my brain gets involved, then I think about dancing Groot. What do you think about dancing? Like, like then, oh, I could dance like Groot. Uh, is that affectionate? Oh, like, uh, picture the dancing Groot and everyone. Thank you, Barky. That's so brilliant. And, oh, Jester, smoothest of the gods. Uh, you've got affection down on so many different levels, Jester. Help me emulate your the way you're comfortable with your body and within the world, and help me to just navigate the world like you do with uh, an acceptance. That's kind of an affection. You have an affection for the world, for touch, for movement, uh, for grace, uh, for you know all things. Help me say, hey, like uh, life's not just tripping over stuff. You're right, Jester. Help me, like. Uh, Bathe in existence. So wise, Jester. Oh, so help me with that, and then maybe I'll be better at listening. You say, hold on, I'm bathing, I'm bathing in your words. Holy moly. Uh, tell me all about that, Jester. So, yeah, Jester, thank you. Uh, wow, gods, we got a lot done. Hound dog, uh, god, uh, 
You don't like, uh, yeah, help me like be solid in my rejection of non-affection. You're right. And I have affection for you, hound dog guy. So I could just say, hey, even a grouch, uh, like maybe I could hug you and Sinroan Wharf at the same time. So crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, thank you for helping me with affection, gods. Thank you for all those things, old and new gods. Uh, thanks and good nights. Uh, crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog God. It is I, your human, hum, 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 like, uh, like, uh, I got the humiliation side of the humility. I got that down. And I got the bumbling of being humble down. And when you put it together, your humble servant to servant, uh, praying in, uh, crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky Jester, Hound Dog God. I, I said it, I said it twice because you're all so nice. Uh, crone, I probably said it four times because you're not, and you're not the bore, bore kind, crone. So guys have been praying in, uh, I guess it, like I said, I said to myself this week, maybe I'll pray in as a third person, but I don't know if I can handle that. Uh, it's kind of confusing enough. Old, old gods, new gods, newest gods, oldest of the old. Did I say bark, bark? Did I miss you in jester? I don't know. I think my mind, like, honestly, guys, I'm trying to pay attention. Well, that was one of the things I pray, pray, prayed in for. Yeah, yeah, pray, pray for Drew Scoots, uh, gods. Let me try this. Uh, help him uh, uh, be a better listener, be a better, better at empathy, empathy and compassion and empathy. You know, help, help him, like, diffuse his ego or whatever it is, you know, crone. Please don't crush his ego with his ego, though. They, they, he's tried that for, for many years, hasn't worked for him. And that's why I said, hey, Scoots, why don't we try praying into old, old gods in the new? I know you see, I mean, think about it. There's a guy that's a tree. You like trees. Uh, let's sit, let's just pretend you like, you love crones. Uh, of course, that's what I said to him, gods. Uh, you love bread. You love uh, wheels that turn. You love water. You love millers. Uh, Smiths, you like that sound. You like the Dragonlance uh, novels, and uh, you like to some. You know, you, you've read the some of the Wheel of Time. You've read you've read all the big three. Uh, uh, you know, Wheel of Time, the the Wizard. What is it? Uh, sorry, good kind. I can't really like. Uh, you've read them all. You've you haven't read them all, and you've mixed them up. But you do, he loves Smiths and uh, gestures, you know, he, he aspires to be one. He's grouchy like a hound. He loves trees. He's your servant, uh, Scooter, Drew. And he really needs some help because he's, you know, he's got these issues with human beings. And I think it's, you know, we all know his biggest obstacle is himself and, uh, you know, like right, me too, guys. I got to tell you, I'm in, I'm in, and I'm in the inside. I'm, in, I'm in the inside man, inside Scoots and Drew, and I'm wreaking some havoc in there. And maybe I'm just calm enough to be honest with you, Crone. I can see that disapproving rocking chair look you're giving me, your hands in your lap. Uh, so I, I'll tell you, he's tried. So so far, guys, we've covered uh, acceptance. 
attention, affection, and this week, guys, it's allowing, allow, so Crone, let's allow, I'm going to allow you to be as, uh, you know, crony as you want to be. And if you want to do an album like that, uh, you know, all the guys would like, but help Drew uh, be himself, uh, but not get in the way. Allow humans to be humans. Allow Drew to be a human. And, let, you know, go with the flow. Um, I don't know, guys. Hey, guys, it's just, sorry, it's me. It's really hard to pray as a third person to you when I know it's being recorded. Really, uh, too many layers of thinking going into that. So I'm taking it back. I prefer, I prefer dialogues, these fireside chats we have, Crone, uh, where I can feel like I can talk to you, you know, one on, whatever, you know, one on infinity or whatever, however you like to be known as. Uh, but like my, my third person version was saying, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, please help me. Uh, honestly, Crone, I really need, like, uh, you know, this is, I think this is what they say is this must be a new level of desperation and the positive side of desperation. You know, when I, I, I do have some, some something against you, Crone, I'm putting it all on the table here or on the Afghan, as we say. And I wish I didn't. I, like, I have this squinch squanch. I wish I could just allow it and say, well, she's just, she's just, you're, you're just, a, you know, she's just the archetype in your mind of a crone. Or maybe she's a crone. But maybe there's some, but, but I don't, like, once I feel that squinch squanch, uh, makes it hard crone. So I'm just being straight with you. Maybe we could accept, you know, mash up all of those things, acceptance, allowance, effect, like, uh, you know, help me, Crone. So, like, because I do that with other stuff, too. Uh, people in cars that are driving, people that frown at me when I'm frowning at them, you know, ma ma males that make eye contact with me. Maybe that's more of like a... Anyway, Crone, I could use your help. Please do. And I know I'm not the nicest uh, servant, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, allow me to, to, to apologize. Uh, how about that, Crone? Sorry, so serious. Usually I try to, but when I get to Barky, I'm sure. Uh, Miller, uh, oh, Miller, grinder of grains, uh, you know, uh, whatever, ger you know, ger de-germing and germing, whatever else you do. I think maybe I said I would pray to a farmer next week, but I don't. I don't think Miller. Uh, yeah, can you help me like like allow some growth to happen in me, and then help me harvest it? Help me harvest these life lessons, and the 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 mirror. I think the, 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 the also gods. I don't know if you know. I I have I got a therapist, so try not to make it that person into a god. But holy cow, you know, I think they call that transference. But Miller, help me to take these life lessons of these opportunities where I, you know, it's it's just me projecting on the crown, according. Also, Miller, if you ever are in our world and you go to therapy, don't bring up that you pray to the old gods and the new. And then try to have a therapy session about it because there's a, like a, they go through, they go through a lot of notebooks. And so, you know, help me to allow myself to learn. Uh, like, uh, you know, I think, could, could you, let me save this one for the Smith. Smith, uh, hammer of anvils, uh, you know, well, you know, welder of, welder of shields, uh, buck, buckling of bucklers. 
you know, I've always been in a situation where I've hardened, hardened my heart, O Miller, or old O Smith, sorry, mixer upper of words, uh, I guess I need you to soften me up. Like, can can you find an alloy that's not as hard as the ones I've been using? I believe I need a softer alloy. Uh, so if you could work on that, that'd be great. And say, well, maybe, you like, uh, you know, the T-1000 was, like, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, I know it was not real, but it was to me. And that was liquid metal. That might be too, you know, I don't know if I could handle that much liquid, but, you know, something in between that where I say, okay. And I know this was, some people say this wasn't a lead ball I used to chew on, but when I got to, like, uh, at Fort Stanwix, when I bought the fake musket uh, uh, bullet, I used to chew on that, and that maybe was pewter. I don't know, soft. So maybe something like that, Miller or Smith. Thank you. Uh, Barky. Oldest of the old gods, funniest of the, all the gods. Uh, the only god, I mean, no offense to the other gods, the only god I would, you know, say he's my best BFF. And I don't know if that's blasphemy, but uh, if it is, I'm, you know, I'm your triple, your blasphemous best, I'm blasphemous, blast, you know, you know, it's a blast being your bestie, even if it's only one way, Barky. And you allow anyone to come under your branches, to come under your shade. I kind of do that with the podcast. You know, it's for everybody. Uh, but I think if I was a little chiller and nicer, you know, you know, I say, like, just other stuff, too. Like, allow it not to get on my nerves. And, you know, like, so uh, can you help me with that, Barky? And help me be more like a tree. You just, you know, like they say about the reeds, that's, that one's so overused. And, uh. You know, help me sway in the breeze. I don't need to bend or whatever the reed does. Uh, help me dance in the storm. Uh, delight with the sound of the wind going through my branches and leaves. Just like you do, Barky. You've done that for me so many times. Countless times. In fact, most nights while Coe goes to the bathroom, I sit and I look at those four or five eucalyptus that are like five blocks away. Uh, stand against the fog bank and they hypnotize me with their motion. So thanks for that part. By the way, let me allow me to thank you. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. My name's Humpty. Uh, anyway, Barky, sorry, uh, but uh, thanks, Barky. Allow me to say thank you. Uh, Jester, uh, I guess, allow me, like, uh, help me with this allow me thing. I've always tried to use humor uh, to disallow. Is there a way to use humor to allow and allow me to grow and wake and listen? This is the most serious prayers I've ever gotten to you guys. I don't know. It's like, uh, it makes you in a relaxed mood. Maybe, uh, it was that third person thing broke down some barrier, but Hey, but Barky, you know, allow me to, uh, you know, joke around a little bit less to get out of things and joke around, you know, but have that joke, you know, like be like Barky. Like you are, uh, you, you, uh, you know what I mean. Please, please, uh, help me out with that. And, uh, Hound Dog God, you know, I don't know if you expect me to say this, but help me be like you a little bit and allow me to set my boundaries too and say, hey, no, 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 I won't allow that, uh, behavior. Or I won't allow you, you know, I won't allow you, you know, I'll, I'll stay, I stand by you, uh, just like you do sometimes, Hound Dog. So that's it, gods. Oldest of the old gods, newest of the new. Crone, sweet, sweet crone. Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God. Thank you.
And, you know, allow me to come back one more week and uh, talk to you. Thanks, guys. Crone, uh, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God, it's me praying in. I don't know if this will be the last time I talk to you for, for a while or what. Uh, you know, when's the, when's the next uh, GOT holiday other than the season premiere? Uh, it does Joe Crone. Well, probably, probably not. I mean, the next time I stub my toe, I'll be saying uh, something, something, something crone. It's something else, something else. Uh, believe, you know, when Crone, do you read any old comics where they have the different letters uh, for swear words? You know, asterisk, hashtag, about sign, Crone, exclamation, all caps. Anyway, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog Guide. We're praying in because uh, I forgot where I left off on my last prayer. But since this may or may not be the last one I send out to you, I figure let's get it all, let's get it going. Let's get it started and end it at the same time. And oh, the circle of the gods, how wise, oldest of the old, newest of the new. And this season, gods, I was praying, you know, uh, for help being a better person, to be honest. Uh, Ideally, that would have come with, you know, ideally that comes with some uh, some tangible benefits and intangible ones. And I figured I could become a better listener. Yeah, because I figured that's all you guys do is sit up there and maybe listen or don't listen. Kind of like the way the podcast works. Like the listeners can passively listen. You guys, uh, I didn't realize it. Guys, have I been just putting you to sleep the whole time, Crone? Crone. Crone. Do you love when I do that, Crone, when I pretend you're, I can't tell if you're asleep. Crone, I'm talking to you. I would never say that, but I was praying up for uh, help with listening. And this season I was going to ask for help with the the five A's, they call it, in the book, uh, the the book I'm reading. Uh, Attention, acceptance, appreciation, affection, and allowing. Did I forget to appreciate you, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, with affection? I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate the life lessons you send down to me. I appreciate your help in allowing other people to be themselves uh, and help me to accept my follies, even when I project onto you my shortcomings, Crone. And that I can ask and say, I'm sorry, Crone, I was wrong to uh, joke with you. And, uh, like when, you know, when my motivations aren't pure, which is always, I mean, let's be like, uh, but Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, thank you so much for, uh, help with the five A's. Help me this off season. You know, uh, I would appreciate a couple extra episodes. I would appreciate 10 episodes. I know it's tough and expensive to make the show and they want to make the best. I can relate to all that, but I just miss it so much. Uh, but, oh, Crone, thank you, and help me, you know, help me with those things. Help, help me do that so I can be a better uh, a sibling to the world, a brother, a sister, cousin to the world, the kindest cousin, like not a kissing cousin. Oh, Crone, thank you, Crone. Miller, uh, acceptance, appreciation, allowing, acceptance, appreciation, allowing, affection, Ooh, I, I, I got it. I forgot them all already. Appreciation, except like allowing. 
I don't know, Miller. You know, my brain's been ground up uh, and repackaged. But, Miller, help me be a better listener. I know you're trying. And, you know, just like the big wheel, as I've said every time, the big wheel keeps on turning. Uh, you know, you're like the paddle wheel. You know, kind of like a, which came first, the Miller's wheel or the paddle wheel, Miller? Probably the Miller's wheel. You're right. Oh, boy. I say I didn't mean to offend you. You know, but like the slow turning of a paddle wheel, which is kind of like always in my brain, just a pad, just like Homer Simpson. You could, Miller, are you familiar with the Simpsons? Allow me to introduce you to the Simpsons, Miller, and uh, maybe you're more responsible with devices than Barky is. I could get you some, uh, I think, uh, FXX or something. They have all the Simpsons episodes. I think you would appreciate them. I think you would have affection for them. I think you should allow yourself uh, and accept yourself uh, to have some time with the Simpsons and whatever the other one is. Appreciate, did I say that? I think that would be your thing, Miller. While you're grinding, can you watch something while you're grinding, while the wheel's grinding? Because you're just a god. You're doing the god stuff. Uh, so more meta- is it more metaphorical for you? But anyway, Miller, thanks for the help. Uh, Smith, uh, you know, grinder of grains, that's Miller. Uh, Smith, uh, forger of irons, you know, architect of alloys. How do you like that, Miss Smith? How do you like that one? Uh, and helping me with the five A's, giving me the armor uh, that I needed to take off. Uh, by giving me armor, you showed me how to remove it. The wisdom of the smith. The first, I put, set aside my shield of uh, not allowing, and I set it aside at the behest of the smith, who I accidentally called a miller sometimes. And I could start to allow other people and myself to be human. And then I, like, as I took off the great plate mail surrounding my heart and my mind and my niceness, I maybe could appreciate the the other and myself and the humans. And by appreciating them, I could also accept them, which is kind of like allowing. So maybe as this off-season goes on, I'll understand those differences. And eventually I could have affection for all that stuff. And whatever the other A forgot was, uh, it's not aptitude because I don't have that yet. Uh, but thanks, Ms. Smith. Uh, you know, without you saying uh, to me, hey, uh, that's not chain mail, and don't put it in your mouth. I would have, you know, would have never known uh, how to open my heart to other people. And you know, like we said, don't har- you know? I've unhardened my heart. Uh, so thanks, Smith. Thanks for being around. Thanks for letting me talk to you. And you know, what, what can I say other than you're great? Uh, good night. Oh, Barky, uh, hey, what can I say, Barky? If there was 50, if there's five A's, I'd give you 50 A's. Uh, and it'd give you some A pluses because, oh, how your branches allow me respite. Oh, how even the roughest of bark feels affectionate on my cheek. Uh, and climbing in your limbs makes me appreciate uh, being, you know, being able to climb and being able to see to appreciate the the cool breezes and the warm breezes, the pattering of rain, 
Oh, Barky, how how much, you know, you've done a lot for me, Barky, and appreciate it. And uh, allow me to say thanks. Uh, I already did with that with the crown, but, uh, and, uh, like, uh, whatever the other ones, Barky, I get, like, I'm just as twisted as the branches in your trees. Oh, attention. I guess that's what I had to look it up, Barky. It, 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 but that's what I'm showing you guys by prayering up, so, uh. Thanks for the attention you shower on me. All the shade you don't you you know you throw shade on me a lot, but uh, it's a different kind. It's the kind that uh, you know give, prevents sunburn. But mostly, Barky, I want to thank you for the smiles and also you know for uh, all the money I'm not getting back for the rustier electronics. Uh, but I appreciate you and I appreciate the uh, kindness you've done for me and all you you know. Thanks, Barky. A jester and hound dog. I don't want to get too uh, mushy for the two of you. But, uh, you know, allow me to say I couldn't have done it without either one of you. Laughing at myself, appreciating my foibles and my grouchiness. Paying attention to my, you know, ability to uh, not pay attention. Thank you for that. You know, thank you for teaching me, uh, you know, hound dog would, uh, Grouchy affection is, and, uh, you know, Jester, what unattainable, you know, how, how I can't attain affection how you do, but maybe I could learn a thing or two, you know, you know what I mean. I appreciate, I appreciate the examples you stand up there, all you gods. You know, I accept I'm just a human and I don't know what I'm doing. And I want to be better. I mean, that's what this season was all about for me. It was saying, hey, I'd like to be a better person. I'd like to uh, make out the maiden, which, uh, you know, if either way, maiden, if I'm not a good person, then I'm a bad boy. You know, maiden, maybe I even need to be disciplined. I don't know if that's on your, you know, menu, you know, soup du jour. Uh, but if it's, or I could be, you know, I'm on the road to good, you know, not even being a good person, you know, I just like to be a decent one and help other people, you know, and say, Hey, well, like, uh, I'm here to listen. I'm here to help. Uh, and of course, guys, I want the rich stuff. I mean, who, who would have thought this season was just about being nice? You know, better than me. Also give me some rich stuff and some of the, you know, God stuff, some thunderbolts, uh, I waited till this time to pray for any of that stuff, but give it, give, you know, give me some uh, cauldrons of, uh, you know, power and all those things too. But if you can't give me those things, I'll take, I'll take me a little, being a little bit nicer, gods. Thank you. And I'll miss you. I'll talk to you soon. Good night.